now you've clicked the button. Trying to fool me with your double click click action. Karate clicking action. <laughs> Welcome to Critical Clips episode 121. 121 episodes. Do you know what that means, Anne? We've been doing this for... <laughs> I've edited approximately 240 hours. Yeah. Of, of us. Oh, God. Just talking nonsense. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Don't lump me in with that. <laughs> okay, well, it's Critical Apocalypse episode 121. What do we do? We review shit. What do we review? Mostly media, because we're shit. I mean, we can talk about our shit if you want. Mine's been a I mean, that Phantom... Dicey. Phantom... Yeah, you, Pacino yeah. I had, had... Do you want to just quickly talk about that in a non-review, in non-review way? It was nice. Yeah? Yeah. So, talk us through it. It's like squid ink on the way out, yeah. but... You shat black. Yeah, Jack Black. No, that's the Shabrinsky. joke. That's the joke, yeah. is Shat Black. Yeah. Just put... Get a fucking glass for your drink. Don't drink straight from the bottle, you friggin' child. I'm going to put a teat on that. <laughs> That'd be amazing. If you can get me a bottle teat. Hmm. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so Phantom Frappuccino, you had that, had that go, that went through you, like squid ink, came out like squid ink. You're mm-hmm. quite happy with the taste, though? Yeah. Excellent. All right, is there anything else that you'd like to just do a quick... Ant's brief recap of the, the last fortnight. What you been up to, mate? What you been doing? How you feeling? As a person, as an individual? I'm very tired. Yeah? Tell me about it. I'm tired a lot. That's your fault. Yeah, I am bottoming out a little bit, but I mean, I'm not, it's not as bad as before. Yeah. We should, um, <coughs> you didn't go I for should... a run today, did you? No, I didn't, did not. No, that's good. No. You're letting yourself go. Ultimate bottoming out. Mm-hmm. I told you. Straight through the floor now. Yeah. You know, emotionally, it's a shit show. Right. Mentally, it's a shit show. Um, I'm feeling quite delicate most of the time. Especially your nips. My nips uh, don't exist anymore. No. I almost completely eviscerated them doing a 10k, no. wearing the wrong top when doing a 10k, and being slightly moist outside. Mm. That basically just, like a cheese grater. You can go have them removed. I might do, you know, because they're just, they're just getting in the way of my championship running. Yeah. Um, no, I am. I'm. I'm quite emotionally vulnerable. I'm in a pretty bad place, yeah. but I mean, you know, I'm still alive, and uh, and you know, you've got, you've got, well, you've got, you know, in meeting new people that I bring back to the flat to look forward to. I'm going to bring back so much strange. It's not a flat for a start. It's a maisonette. Hmm. Yeah, all right, shut up. <laughs> I used to say that when I was young. But, yeah, I'm going to bring back so many strange women. A flat specifically doesn't have two floors. All right, okay, fine. It is a maisonette. Yeah. We are in agreement. I already said that. Jesus. All right, but, yeah, so... So uh, it's flat. So I might bring back some of the greatest hits. We'll see how it goes. We might meet some nice women. Probably not. They'll probably be gross women. No. I'm just... I... You're into dudes now. Oh, God, that'd be so much easier. Grinder exists. Mm. Like, once again, I, I say that gay people have it right, you know? Like... In terms of in terms of the way that they fuck each other, it's like you've got you're gonna do the men behaving badly. No, skip. you've got you've got straight people have like have dating apps you've got a plan and, they, and you've got a socket. Whereas lesbians just have two sockets. No, is that what you're gonna do? No, is that you're gonna do, do the that. men That's behaving badly. Degrading. That's awful. No, I wouldn't mm. do that. But what I'm saying is that they're uh, All right, Neil. No, what was his name? Was it Neil? I don't know. I don't know. Jasper Carrot. Um, no, Jasper Carrot wasn't even so, badly. Yeah, no, it's. I, I, I think that I think that gay people have it right. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the community or if how, how they've done it, but but Grinder is this fantastic thing. Imagine like Grinder is a journey into sexuality. You could just go on there, and you can meet some some rando to have sex with, 
like fuck Rogers of the 20th century or the 21st century, whatever fuck Rogers was. Well, fuck Rogers is, is the is the gay grinder version of what I'm talking about. But it's a but social network, man. It is a social network for for fucking, and that's genius. Like, but the problem is you you're not being clicking that. on the acts of find adults in your local area. No, none of that. Um, the one thing that I find really strange is that that there that doesn't exist for straight people. But I think I know why, and I think it's because you know straight people are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's because because you would just get guys catfishing people, like it would just be like, oh, you you were gonna meet Fernando, this hot twenty six year old Filipino man who can fuck for days. Oh no, it's actually Reg from down the pub. <laughs> he hasn't hasn't worked out in twenty years, and he's at least three times that age. <laughs> you know, get in there. <laughs> Afterwards, he'll ask you if you need your pipes doing, giggle to himself, and then leave. Probably with you impregnated because he didn't actually bring a condom. Get on it. <laughs> we call it Finder. Because <laughs> there is no originality in the straight community. Oh, God. I'm lonely, and <laughs> This is what I've been thinking about most of the time. All right. But yeah, if anyone knows anyone's single. <laughs> That's like internet dating. That's like podcasters doing internet dating. Just putting the feelers out. <laughs> Just come across as a weirdo. <laughs> I am a weirdo. Yeah. I'm a broken, lonely weirdo. Yeah. I'm six foot tall, just over 15, 15 stone right now, but it's going down fairly quickly. Someone adopt me, maybe? I don't know. What do people do? Uh, I wish I lived in the viewer skewerverse. I could just go and fucking respond to an ad and be a walrus. That's the ideal situation. So is this how you want to open the Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, welcome to Critical Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm broken. Alright, welcome to Critical Apocalypse. Um I guess I'm first this week, aren't I? Am? Yeah, sure. Alright, cool. Whatever. I mean, yeah, why not? I just spoke for twenty minutes on my sadness. Um yeah, so welcome to Critical Apocalypse. Um yeah, we review stuff and things. Let's get on with it. You reviewed a little bit of that. There's no news. Terminator came out, there's a Terminator game coming out. Um, there's a new Breath of the Wild coming out, and there's more info leaking about that. Um, still nothing on Shin Megami Tensei for the, uh, for the Switch, which is dog shit. The fuck is happening there? Mm. I need Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, my first review this week is gonna be a Shudder exclusive. Ooh! Because it was, it was Halloween, not only, only four days ago, it was Halloween. I don't Three days ago. Three days ago, it was Halloween. Well, four days when this is released, it was Halloween. And everyone was out in full force. The spooky, spooky, scary skeletons were drifting through the woods. Um, and, uh, You're hiding in the bushes waiting for the kids to go past. I like got back from a run and mm. some very Shut sweet up, little fine. children came to our door and they knocked and I said, hi there. Sorry, I don't have any sweets. They were all given out earlier. I do have some protein bars. Would you like a protein bar? And they didn't understand what they were saying, what I was saying, so they just walked on. And I was like, that's the perfect situation. And, uh, and yeah, so. I messaged you early in the day, so we don't have any sweets. I know you did. And then I went for a run explicitly because I was going to go, I went early for a run so I could go to Waitrose at the end of my run and get sweets. I went to Waitrose and I bought chicken for the ferrets and then. I forgot the sweets. Could have given the kids the chicken. Do kids like chicken nowadays? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what they want when they go trick-or-treat. I'll make a note of that. Chicken for kids. Hmm. What are you friggin' reviewing? Oh, yeah, sorry. So my first review this week, Shudder exclusive, Creep Show the yeah, Series. Say the name of the show, there you go. Creep Show the Series. Mm-hmm. 
Five episodes. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, I forgot to talk about Brexit. No one cares about We Brexit. didn't get a spooky Brexit. No one cares. I was expecting a spooky Brexit. Halloween Brexit. Oh. We destroyed our economy. <laughs> there was meant to be a pro-Brexit rally in one, Doncaster's day. One, no one jobless idiot. Uh, uh, uh. Two. Uh, apparently the Remain ones are the jobless ones. Oh, really? That's how so many of them turn up to protest marches. No, most of them Because they're all jobless. Most of them just pissed off because they have zero-hour contracts and the world's a fucking mess and Mm. we're all going to burn alive on a globe. Anyway, Shadow exclusive series, Creepshow. Um, If you don't know, Creepshow was originally a bunch of films from the 80s and a comic book. Mm. Um, And they were just anthology films which spooky, scary things happen to spooky, scary people. Some were tales of morality and others were just... General little horror vignettes. Um, and I remember the one with the arc. Is it Creep Show with the arcade machine? The Wait, arcade machine? No, that wasn't Creep Show. No, oh, it was one of the films. I'm not sure which one. Body bags? No. Necronomicon? No. It had um, that lad Austin something in it. Austin Brian? Oh, Brian Austin Green? Possibly. I don't know. There was an arcade machine that made games come out and kill people. Yeah, I remember that one actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Creep Show film. That wasn't the creep show. Um, it might have been. It might have been an episode of Tales from the Crypt. No, it was a film. It's definitely in a film. Huh? Maybe it was a creep show. I don't mm. know. Um, but anyway, so those were spooky, scary stories, and they've made a series out of it now, where it's spooky, scary stories, two per episode, and yeah, it's um, it's a Shudder series, so it doesn't have like a massive budget behind it. But they get some names in there. There's some with David Arquette, Jeffrey Combs. Um, who else was in there? Oh, Tobin Bell. They had, oh god, what was the name of the guy who played Gus Fring? Cameron, is it Cameron? No idea? Um, Giancarlo Esposito. There you go, that's it. I was going to say Cameron Esposito, because that's the lady from the uh, 80s. Carmen Esposito. Carmen Esposito. Fuck! So bad with references today. Um, and it also, it has the guy from one of the Rooster Teeth series, and I can't remember his name, but he's not really done much else. He was in that uh, Seven Days thing no, where no, people YouTubers. couldn't sleep. YouTubers. Yeah, Rooster Teeth. No, he's not a YouTuber. He was an actor in a program they tried to make and only uh, got two seasons. It was called Seven Days. And like the main group of people were actual actors. And then the people that they interacted with, a lot of them were people from Rooster Teeth. It wasn't very good. That never is. The concept was kind of interesting. It was just that um, a meteor went over, loads of people died, and there's a bunch of people that didn't die that just can't sleep. And so they keep dosing themselves so their bodies can keep going, but they only have a limited amount of time before they'll just die because the body dies if you go to... Is that Creep Show? No, Creep Show. So, <coughs> Creep Show is... That's why we end up going to two hours, because you keep going off on tangents. of creepy horror and morality tales. Oh, uh, uh. Um, it's a mixed bag, but anthology series normally are. Um, there's a few interesting bits and pieces here. There's a great episode um, about, well, sorry, one of the vignettes is about Nazi werewolves. It's really fun. Uh, that's one of the ones with Jeffrey Combs in it, and it's just it's a nice little, you know, you can you can see it being like a, almost like an Overlord style concept script beforehand. They trim down into this little tale. Um, there's one with DJ Quills where he finds a finger, and the finger. Oh, he's still around. Yeah, he is. He was in. He was in Z Nation, and the finger. No, um, what's that? I watched all of them. And the finger so you absorbed... You just put stuff on and you leave it. No, I mean, playing. I watched all of Z Nation. Uh, there's a particular woman in it that I find very attractive. So there was a finger... <laughs> yeah. So there's a finger that he he accidentally spills some water on and it absorbs the water and it starts growing into this creature that he calls Bob. And it's just this big insectoid... Well, I say big. It's like three foot tall insectoid monster that goes around. And every time that he has a disagreement or an argument with someone or he just... 
he just he he doesn't like someone. Bob goes and kills them, and brings it back in a little trophy from his kill. Um, yeah, it, uh, stuff like that. No, it's it's what you'd expect from a series like this. It, the quality's not. It's a bit all over the shop, and some of the tales could do with a little bit more padding out. Some of them are really good, and some of them are just goofy, weird stories. There's one where a woman um, a woman loses out on a promotion. It turns out the lady that's that's promoting someone above her is her lover, and she was expecting it as like a quid pro quo sort of, I I lick your privates, you lick my privates, and give me a promotion sort of thing. Just like Trump did with Ukraine. Yeah, hashtag me too or she too, um, and uh, and yeah. So and then she the the young employee that wants the leg up, she ends up dying, and the the older lady has to try and try and hide the body, but during the whole thing there's this party going on it's all just a bit of wacky wacky silly silly um and and you know like i said it's a mixed bag if you like stuff like i mean more modern more modern takes on the on the genre of anthology series you've got vhs vhs2 and vhs viral you got the xy series and you've got there's like a few different options for stuff like this but in terms of in terms of the spread of the stories i think this is probably this has got more interesting stuff because they do they they there's sort only of ever one good anthology what was that the first album from alien ant farm Antphology. Mm. You like it because it's got your name in it. Mm. Twice. Mm. Alien Ant Farm. Mm. Anthology. Mm. Did I tell you the story? I went to go see Alien Ant Farm live. And uh, the guy, the guy decided, like, they were really, they were doing, uh, the main guy. Dryden. Yeah. They were doing really well. It was like a two hour set. And they they learned all their songs. An hour and a half before the end of the, like, an hour and a half in. And he decides, hey, all of you F word slur, slur for gay people get up and start jumping up and down and I immediately went fuck you <laughs> and, then, and then just stood near the bar and started drinking I was like oh this is ruined it's just one of those things where how is someone so Americans love using those words like, really yeah oh that's fucked up you can't tell them it's wrong no well it is because mm. makes you a cunt um, so yeah so it's a mixed bag but I really I did enjoy it I think that this is the kind of series that it, it was released weekly like a standard TV program what? sort of format. That seems bizarre. It was very bizarre because it's the kind of thing Weekly? Where, yeah, it was released weekly on Shudder, um, which seems really weird to me because it's the kind of thing that's perfect because like, you'll have stories where the first five minutes you're like, oh, I, I get where this guy don't like it and you can skip to the next one. There's one really... Don't do that. There's one episode... Well, there's one vignette that really stood out to me and it's called... I can't remember what it... Fuck, I think it's called like Grey Matter... And it reminds me of a comic that I read, or a program that I've already seen. And it's about this kid whose dad, um, his wife leaves him, and he sort of just starts falling into this deep depression and drinking all the time. And he's drinking so often, and eventually he's drinking at work and gets fired. But then he makes ends meet by um, by doing like eating competitions and stuff like that, and and starts winning big in that. And he doesn't change size or anything like that, but his appetite for alcohol gets bigger and bigger. And the kid has. Like the kid during a storm has gone to go see Tobin Bell and Gus Fring, um, the local shopkeeping lady as well, and is just like, "Oh, my dad needs his his crate of this beer," and the woman's like, "Oh, look at that! Look, someone's got in the corner of it." He's like, "No, it's absolutely fine. I'll take it." She's like, "She's like, Are you sure? That, oh, it's it's disgusting. What is this stuff?" And he's like, "No, it's it's fine. I'll just take it. I'll take it to my dad." And then as he's about to leave the shop, he hesitates and he's like, he's like, um. Doc, can you come with me? Because Gus Fring plays a doctor and he's like, I, why, what's wrong? He goes, my dad, I need someone to have a look at him because he's not right. 
and Tobin Bell goes with him and you start the kid starts explaining to the shopkeeper lady what's been going on and there's a steadily escalate and it turns out the dad's been changing so it's not like that he was making ends meet with these eating competitions and other stuff and then and then the wife it, 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 it's revealed that she died or she passed and they got a lot of insurance money from it so he stops doing that and he starts living off of that money but he's also not going out as much he's drinking more and just sitting at home and, and watching TV one day he has this small grey liquid come out of his mouth and the kid's like oh you okay and he's like he's like yeah i didn't need it anyway and it's like need what and he's like i don't know and then just like flings it on the floor and then just carries on and it turns out that over time more and more that stuff's been coming out of his dad and his dad's been transforming mm. it's like his body's stewing but he's still drinking all this stuff and the kid's like he told me to turn all the thermostats up so the house is constantly warm and there's just this putrid rotting smell coming from the dad and he's like oh and then he's he he said he wanted me to boil the beer before I gave it to him so the kid's boiling these cans of beer in the kitchen for the well, dentine these destroy the alcohol. Um, and and by the time that the kid finally sees his dad and, and, and does something about his dad like he lifts the thing off and his dad's got this droopy mouth and he's like all sopping and grey and his eyes are clear and it's it's actually pretty good like in terms of makeup I think Greg Nicotero worked on the, the series so it's good makeup hmm. same guy who does all the Walking Dead stuff but um, and then by the time that um the the chief and the doc get there. So by the time Tobin Bell and Gus Friend get there, um, they like you see the dad, and it's basically his lower part has all like extended, and it's essentially just held together loosely by his by his skin. It's almost like a sausage that someone's separated mm. out the contents and had. And his arms are like grey but muscular, and sort of they've got this weird soppy shit coming off of them. And his face, like his lower jaw, is basically just dripped so low now that it's just connected essentially with his chest. And the whole image is fucking incredible. And like, that's the kind of story I wanted to see more of during the series, but they're a bit more subdued. And obviously, that's the one to get you in, you know? Like, it's the first or second of, of the whole series. And really, that hooks you in and lets you know kind of what you can expect, but also maybe not on that level. Cause I think Tobin Bell's probably quite a get for this series. David Arquette was. No one he cares about Tobin Bell. People care about Tobin, but David Arquette's saw movies for God's David Arquette's good in his one, but his one's weird and not really worth much. And the makeup in that one's surprisingly dog shit, considering it's one of the last episodes. But they do a whole monkey's poor episode as well. Like it's it's really weird having watched so many of these anthology series, seeing a lot of those same beats being hit. But I mean, yeah, it's it's fun, it's good. I think that people pick and choose the ones they like, and it'd be cool if there was like a DVD or a Blu-ray option where you could be like. Oh, if you want to watch the ones you like, you can select which chapters to play. Like, you know, like those old make your own make your own music video things. So you just be like, oh, I want that episode, and I want that episode, and I want that episode, and I want that episode. And like maybe next Halloween, you, you can be like, Shudder, you can just click on which episode you want to watch. No, but there's still two. So you, you still episode one is two stories, and episode two is two stories, oh, no. and it's a total of ten. So if you only wanted one from episode one, and then one from episode four, and then one from six, and no, well five. And then you want to go back and do another one from so two. Like if you wanted to order them and play around, that'd be a really interesting feature. But I, I don't think they're ever going to do anything like that again. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a David Arquette. I'm going to give it a David Arquette. It's interesting. David Arquette's not interesting. Your review, I think he's very interesting now. He's in Ready to Rumble. I found out recently that he still wrestles. Yeah. But he does like extreme, like yeah. the barbed wire and... Well, he's him. not doing any more of that. But he was doing that. He did a match. Yeah. 
I think that's really fascinating. Like, he's a guy... Because he genuinely loved wrestling when he did Ready to Rumble. Hmm. And... He was WCW champion. Yeah, well, he was after Ready to Rumble. That was kind of like a promotional thing for that film, wasn't it? No, he won it fair and square. <laughs> but no, I like... I, I think David Arquette, he brings a lot of energy to the roles he does. And people forget, but Eight-Legged Freaks is a pretty good film. He was married to Courtney Cox He was Arquette. married to Courtney Cox Arquette, and then she divorced him. Silly woman. Why? Because she was married to David Arquette. <laughs> she could have been, wow. Do you I'm remember to David do, Arquette. Do you remember there was a news story? I can't remember if it was the son or something else. It's like, it's like was she an Arquette all along? Because they started the rumour that they were related. <laughs> do you not remember that? No, that's uh, stupid. Yeah, well, it was the son in the 90s. I used to be a princess, but now I'm a high-priced cool girl. Read my story in the sun. It's a Sunday Tuesday. sport. Was it a Sunday sport? That sounds more like a Sunday sport. Oh, okay, all right. Anyway, and your review? Nah. No? What am I going to review? Well, review a thing. Fine. Uh, I just can't just go. Let's do a quick Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yep. Yeah, I got it with a humble bundle thing, because, you know, that's how you get games nowadays. You don't buy them. No, you just get them in a humble bundle. Just turn up and I've got Shenmue 2, apparently. One and two. Woo! Yeah, don't know when I'll ever download them. But, um, yeah, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is a remake of the original Crash Bandicoot's very, very straightforward one-to-one remake. Like, levels are laid out exactly the same, and even though it's widescreen, they haven't stretched out the design or anything. They've kept the feel of the controls yep. pretty similar. It's not quite the same, but I think they had to try and come up with a happy medium that suited all three games, rather than having the feel of the controls change from one game to the next, because they do change on the PS1 games. There is, like... Like, there's a gradual shift in how Crash Bandicoot controls in those first three games. Because mm. um, the last one had the analog controls and the original one didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's Crash Bandicoot. It's very solid. Um, I was trying to do the extra stage last night, the Stormy Ascent, I think it's called. The it was bridge the one. one. No, nah, it's a tower you're going up. Oh, is that the one with the platforms that flip around and stuff? No, no. Nah. Which one's Stormy no, it's Ascent? On this big oh, old that's the one. new one, isn't it? It's been. It's not a new one. It's a level that was originally in the game in the first one, but it got removed at the last minute. Yeah. Because um, they decided it was too difficult for people to get past, and it was a bit of a pain in the ass to have at the end. It wasn't quite finished and stuff, but they basically did a new version of it for this game. Because it was like. It was in preview versions of the games, and it appeared in screenshots and stuff like that when people were reviewing it. Um, but that's, that's, that's a nasty level, that. Pretty friggin' difficult. I, was, I got most of the way through it, and I got fed up and quit um, but yeah it's it's more Crash Bandicoot I like what they've done um, I've been churning through the first one because I know that game pretty well um, I'm right on one of the last like they've got like seven more levels left to go yeah to finish it which isn't much just when you go up that castle at the end and go to fight what's his name the Bill Neocortex yes Entropy's the other guy isn't it um, that's the other the weird there's the weird Igor guy yeah there? yeah um, but yeah, this this it's fun enough. This it's still got the same sort of. They haven't tried to reinvent anything in it. Like one one of the boss battles has always been ridiculously easy. The guy with a gun, you just hide behind a chair, and when he stops firing, you run out and spin at him. It's like one of the easiest boss battles there's ever been in a Crash Bandicoot game. And they didn't do anything to like change that to make it trickier. They just kept everything exactly how it was in the original game. Where you know, like some of the boss battles have like awkwardness in them. It's fine. Leave it in. Yeah. Um, weird hit detection and stuff seems to have carried over. Yeah. Occasionally. Well, you always get that, like, millisecond of invincibility with the enemies as well. Mm. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but they, their hit detection, like, so if they're walking away from you and you pass by them and you're a certain distance away, it won't recognise it as a hit. 
But if they're in front of, if they're walking towards you and you do that same move and you've got that same distance for a split second, it all comes ahead. Well, I think they've still got the um, exact same big collision boxes the original one had. Because there was stuff like if you jump at an enemy and you don't, you're not landing on them quite right. Maybe you're just going in the upward arc or something and you clip the corner of their collision box, it would do, you'd, you'd get damaged. Which was something the original game had as well. And I think they've just kept it like that in this one as well for authenticity's sake. Um, but it is a very authentic remake. Reminds me of the Spyro trilogy one, which was very much straight up a remake of the original game. Like, nice. I like, like that's the way to do it. None mm. of this, none of this taking the original game and making something entirely different out of it. Friggin' be lazy. Make it, make it basic. Like Link's all inking in. Wake, 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 wanking in. Do that. None of, what was a really bad remake of a game? Final Fantasy VII remake. Looks terrible. I don't know why people are so hyped for that. It doesn't look like Final Fantasy VII in the slightest. Looks horrible. Final Fantasy VII was made in a year, and they keep going, oh, we couldn't do Final Fantasy VII cause, as a remake because it would be too expensive to do the whole thing in one game. You made that game in a year, the original yeah. one. Like, you're telling me a year's worth of game making would be far too complex now. Just give us the original game. That's what, just, original game looking nice. That's yeah. all I need. They're going to mess it up. Well, gonna, yeah, of course they are. They're going to do an episodic fucking release of an RPG. It'll be 40 quid for each one. Really? Guarantee. It'll be 40 quid, 40, 50 quid for each one, and it'll be miserable. <clears throat> and you won't even be able to play them all on one console, because there's no way they're going to still be releasing them on PS4 by the time friggin' The Last Part comes out. <laughs> you're right. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah. Uh, do you like... Is, so, here's a question for you, because I've been thinking about these next-gen consoles quite a bit recently. After you said that you were thinking about getting the Xbox One X to get the two... Yeah, that, the that money thing. for that. Um... <laughs> After you said you were thinking about that, though, I was thinking about the PS5 because, you know, like, they've made a lot of promises. Mm. Like, they're going to include a new SSD. I'm assuming they'll go one terabyte straight out of the bat. But that's not going to be enough for every game you've ever owned for the They're going to have to put at least two terabyte in there to start with because games are getting 100 gig nowadays. That's yeah, why the Dragon needed a download. Yeah, like 14 gig. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is that they've said it's backwards compatible. They haven't said it yet, but it's going to be backwards. No, I think they released a thing. They said it's going to be backwards compatible with PS4, PS3, PS2, no, and PS1. No, they didn't. Yeah, that someone started some rumor. Oh, is that there. just a rumor? It'll work with PS4 for sure. Okay, I don't think there's any way it won't because it's basically a PS4. It's, yeah, it is a PS4 with ray tracing. But the the whole thing about the older consoles, people are reading into stuff and they've just oh, okay. decided. So it's. I think they did. They file a patent or something like that. No, like, no, no. They said it's as much about the history of PlayStation as it is the future, and everyone took that as oh, they're doing backwards compatibility for everything. God, that's a fucking dream, no, though, isn't it? No, they're just they're going to put Triangle, Circle, X, and Square on the box, and that'll be their yeah, that'll be their history. Well, it's such a shame. I it thought it was great. It was actually going to be backwards compatible. I don't know. If they do, they'll sell the games. They won't let you put the disc in. No, they will let you put the disc in. Nah. It'd be pointless to make it so it couldn't read a fucking CD, a DVD, a Blu-ray, and a. No, no, they'd, they'd do that. It could read them. They just, they just won't make it do it. Mm. They'll make you buy the games. I don't like the sound of this hand. They'll charge tenner for a friggin', I don't know, Blasto. How am I going to play... Roscoe Heart McQueen. How am I going to try and play Heart of Darkness again? Well, you could get it and put it in a PS1. I've got there's it. There's a PS1 set up downstairs. No, there's a PS2 set up downstairs, but same same thing really, isn't it? There's a PS1. Right, PS1's no, right in front of the TV. It's set no, up. PS2 set up, not PS1. Oh, Jesus Christ, you kids. Why did you unplug it? What? PS1. Because I want to play the PS2 in. Why? Ninja Assault. Is it? I want to play Ninja Assault. Yeah, hey, Crash Bandicoot Trilogy. Crash Badoo It's good. Yeah. 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 I like the fur on it. It looks really nice on 
PC. It's like all 4K and shit. It's very, so far, very swish. So far, I've played it on the PS4 Pro, and I've played it on the Switch. Hmm. And i got to say, really like the Switch one. <laughs> PS4 Pro, like, it was fine. It was just, there was something... It was just, it's one of those games that I think I really like handheld. I think older games, I like being condensed into a handheld. That's why I'm kind of sad that I can't play Medieval on the on the Switch. Can't you stream it to a Vita T Vita or something? I probably could, actually. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Or you could just download the Medieval PS1 game onto the Vita. I've already done that. Yeah, and then play on the <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Crash Bandicoot's all right. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. fine, isn't it? It's good. It's good stuff. It's that game. Yeah. It's um, that game everybody remembers. And, um, yeah, you get to spin into things. You know, that's fun. It's got frustrating difficulty and spikes in the odd part here and there with some platforming. It's a little bit, a little bit too nasty. Um, but you, you know, you learn and the game, the game knows it's difficult. It throws extra lives at you, like freaking free candy or something. Yeah. Like there's some parts where you're literally just like, you'll complete a set of jumps and it'll go, hey, I'll have three extra lives just dotted around. But yeah, good stuff. Um, you review something, you, our alphabetized collection of right um no, what's a really shit British porn magazine Razzle of Razzle magazines I mean after that incredible burn how yeah. will I go on right. how do I live without you I want to know how can I dream without alright sorry um, I'm going to review a Netflix thing because why the fuck not why don't I review a Netflix thing and tell me why I won't review a Netflix thing um, Spike. Spike for who? You. Oh. Well, I'm going to review a Netflix thing called Daybreak. Have you heard of Daybreak, Anne? It keeps trying to advertise it to me, and I don't give a shit. So Daybreak is a tweeny drama about the apocalypse. Mm. It's a tweeny tiny drama about the apocalypse. With some great LGBTQ, um, LGBTQ characters, and also just, overall, a nice, interesting story. Um, it's hard, it's hard, it's a hard sell, though. For people above a certain age, I think. And uh, that's why I kind of struggled to watch it. But, I mean, I still found stuff to enjoy, but... Well, you love your teen shows when you... It's very hyperactive, and it's very much like the whole, um... Oh, get... Like, (laughs) it's... It's... I imagine that this is much like uh, people seeing the internet who grew up with those get-on-the-net videos and, like, AOL dial-up and stuff. The internet. Yeah. The internet. Yeah. The World Wide Web. (laughs) Um, but all yeah. those websites on one disc. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So this is this is. I'll, I'll try and break it down. I'll try and break it down for you. Um, this is a story of a bunch of kids that have survived the apocalypse. The apocalypse seems to be worldwide, and it's based on. Uh, sorry, the the idea is that a lot of it's people. Not really apocalypse unless it's worldwide. Well, yeah, that's true. It's the end of the world. Otherwise, it's just it. one country being fucked or something. Yeah, well, it's just yeah, it's just victory, isn't it, for one country? Mm. Um, so, a bunch of bombs have gone off all over the world, and these bombs—it's unknown which country initially fired them, but they seem to have gone off everywhere. The bombs have a—they're—they're they're nukes, so they're tactical nukes, but they have a biological um, release when they explode, and that—that that is a virus. Oh. So the radiation mixes with the virus, and it causes certain people. Well, when to, a nuke goes off. No, this is like it's a different type of bomb. So it's it, not a it's nuke. It's like a nuke, but it's not a nuke. It's a snook. It's a snooky. Uh, so the nuke, the nuke, nuke. <laughs> so the bomb goes off and releases biological agent, and it basically turns everyone who's over the age of, I think it's like 20, 21, 
turns him into a zombie and all they can do is wander around saying the last thing they had on their mind. So it's like people going around going, I want a coffee. I love coffee. I would like a coffee. And it's just repeating that over and over you again. For coffee. Yeah. Or it's like, I shouldn't have looked at my daughter's Instagram. And it's just people wandering around saying these things perpetually forever. Just walking around going, I shouldn't have looked at my daughter's tits. Yeah. Um, and then if they find someone, if they see a, a living person... Daddy, is this going to hurt when you're in <laughs> If they see a living person, then they chase them down and they eat them. Then, oh. And so all the young people um, who have survived have broken off into their like social groups. So you've got jocks have one area and then you have like other people have another area. You've got chess club have another area. And fucking, Do they so wear so pink forth. on Wednesdays? Pardon? Do they wear pink on Wednesdays? Um, so they best, they just basically, they, they separate out the town and they all survive in their own way. Like they gather supplies and they're just, there are warring factions. Um, and, and from there, you basically, it's irrelevant. Imagine like, imagine a teenager. Oh God, what's the best way to describe this? Imagine like, not a YouTuber because they're too irritating, but imagine, imagine a comedian who's about 28, wrote a comedy film, uh, wrote a comedy series about teenagers and then someone else went there could be horror elements to this and then that's it they did it and it's got Matthew Broderick in it he's pretty good oh it's nice to see him doing stuff yeah um, and and overall there are like it's weird I, I don't want to give it too much credit but at the same time I feel like credit is due they handle things like as I said they handle things like the LGBTQ community really really well in this there are two characters that are in love Mm. Um, and one of them, but one's a jock and the other's a goth, and they can't get. No, 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 no. So they're both jocks. I'm not going to reveal too much about it, but about who the other partner is in this. But there's a character who who's quite happily known to be gay, and he's out, and he's he's already done all of that, and he is he's pretending to be a samurai because he's upset about what he did when he was a jock when he when everything was fine. So he's trying to atone for that by creating this, this samurai persona. He's going around trying to help people like a like a Ronin. Mm-hmm. So he's got these two swords, and he's he's because he's a jock, he's quite athletic, and also at the same time he's been practicing with these swords as a way of like sort of um um God, where's the best way to put it? To like sort of men- meditate. He's like mentally like he thinks that's and so there's an episode where it starts out with really well done anime graphics that is narrated by Raza <laughs> Riza from from Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, and he has. This fantastic, like, little breakdown of why... Because, um, you know, in the 70s and in the 80s, they made, like, a ton of martial arts films, and they were all just... It just got churned out. Like, it was a lot of studio drops. And then in the early early 90s, late 80s, a lot of the hip-hop bands started talking about that, and, like, obviously Wu-Tang Clan were a big part of that, because they had the seven chambers and things like that. They they were... six chambers. The Face Six Chambers. Yeah, the I was thinking Face Six Crazy Fists for some reason. I was like, no, it's got to be six Crazy Fists. Six. No, okay, you're right. Yeah, Face Six Chambers. Um, but do you not know your Wu? I do. I have it on my phone. Your Wu story. But he, he, the way he narrates it is incredible, and he gives like this honest, like it's almost like a really good rendition of why they appreciate. It. Like he says, we were on the fringes of society. Our music were the fringes of society. We didn't have a lot of money. And so we wouldn't be able to go see all the blockbusters. We wouldn't be able to see all these films that were being released, but we could afford a dollar to go and see a martial arts flick at like these shitty cinemas. Or we could watch the TV, like the movie at 10 on TV, which would always be like some martial arts film. And that's where we start to appreciate these things that like us were on the fringes of society. And it's just a really impassioned, well-written little verse. And like the guy, the, the character who's in that is like, it like gives his story. And it's just, 
I almost think to myself, there are so many flashes like that where it's really intelligently written, really interesting stuff. Mm. Like there's a scene where, um, so not to, not to spoil it, there's a character who is an adult who is somewhat in control of her facilities, is, is still somewhat on their side. And they're trying to work out why she didn't completely change. And it turns out that she was in the school and she suffered a head injury at the time of the bomb going off. So her memory's completely fractured and she is somewhat of like a, like a, um, a halfway changed person. So she's only partially affected by the bomb because the school apparently doubled up as a bomb shelter. It was like meant to be like a place where everybody went if anything went wrong. So the fact that she was in there kind of protected her partially from this whole thing. But anyway, so there's a scene where she's like, I swallowed the keys and it turns out that they've, they've worked out that the reason that they want the like monsters want to eat people is they lack iron, so they need blood, they need to consume blood so that the iron in their bodies can be replenished because it burns out so quickly. She ate the keys because she thought it was a metal, so she thought they may have iron in it. And there's a scene where they can unhinge their jaw like a snake. So she does that, and then one of the teens has to reach in and pull the keys out. And it's just this really well done, like, physical prop. This yeah. kid's just got his hand down, and it's got the teeth and everything. It looks incredible. And it's one of those things where in your head you're like... But how long does she eat the keys? Why? Because you think they'd be digested. Well, they'd be pretty far into your guts and you wouldn't be able to reach into... Well, that's the whole thing. Like, they aren't human anymore, bud. So, like, she's changed. You can't put your arm down someone's throat. You can. <laughs> what, like an Ace Ventura? No, it wasn't Ace Ventura. hard enough. What was it? Was it Ace Ventura? But you wouldn't be able to reach into someone's stomach. No, no, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is that they changed. So, obviously, yeah. she's, like, using it like a sack. She can, like, swallow stuff to keep stuff within her body. You don't see her poop, so I assume she doesn't poop. Yeah. You see other characters get a toy, I guess. Just storing her cheeks like a hamster. But yeah, no, it's it's an incredibly interesting thing. Where, like like I said, it feels like two stories have just been mashed together. Yeah. And like the representation for all the groups is good. Like the only group that I would say is treated fairly badly are um, are the golf club. They're a big. They're the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah, probably. Because they're they're like. They're the lap dogs of the jocks. Mm, nothing good's ever come from golfing. They keep saying Buffing like Tiger Woods. They keep saying like, yeah, that's a great game. Mm. They keep saying like we're 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 one of the jocks, and they've got this golf cart they ride around with like knives on the front. Obviously, it's a golf cart. Like anything can stop it. Mm. Bad wind could blow over. But yeah, it's like a, it's a fun series though. Mm. But it's not perfect. But like a lot of this Netflix stuff, you you feel like they're going through the motions with a lot of stuff. You get a lot of filler episodes. Those Marvel programs, they were filled with a lot of episodes where you just wouldn't have much happening. It'd be a lot of conversation. And that's good for building characters, but when you're binge-watching something, you want just like, boom, it's just Stop binge-watching stuff. Well, yeah, I should. Um, but I, I did appreciate it. I did like it. And Matthew Broderick's incredible in it. I don't think I'd be saying that, but he's really, really good in it. Um, there's a lot of really clever bits. Is he dealing with the high school election? No, he's he's one of those teachers that is very much like, Hey, remember, some people have nut allergies, so, yep. Yeah. And he's like, but, you know, we're known for the walnut. And he pulls out this walnut and he puts it on the desk and he goes, you know, if that was a real nut, four or five kids in this school would be reaching for their EpiPens. It'd be insane. But no, luckily, plastic. And he puts it back in the drawer. And and it's just, it's, it's stupid shit like that. And it's because of that, like, he mentions people that are allergic to nuts and then later on in the series. Those people were introduced with their full names. You see him eating someone's No, nuts. no, people were introduced with their full names. And it's actually the person that's mentioned in the first episode as having a nut allergy. Mm. And so unless you've got like an incredible memory and you've remembered those names, the turns that people make, because he's told these names on his first day as like a, and his whole thing is that 
he gets on with everyone because he just he's nice to everyone and he remembers everyone and he remembers little little bits and pieces but he doesn't make any eff- like any effort to go out of his way to present himself as anything other than just a nice guy so people just know him yeah. and there is this ongoing joke where it's like hey wait you're just Josh wait you're just Josh gay Josh or you're just Josh Josh straight Josh and it's like no just Josh oh you're just Josh because there's seven Joshes yeah. um, and yeah no just like I said it's really interesting I, I, there's a lot of energy there there's a lot of fun there's a lot of interesting stuff there's a lot of gore as well oddly enough like people do die people get like killed off a lot and you know the premise just works yeah. it doesn't always follow its own rules but I think that's kind of the point is that everyone's kind of an unreliable narrator in there like different people say different renditions of the truth and that kind of comes into play later as well but yeah yeah like the nut thing he he says that oh I use my samurai sword for everything even chopping a peanut butter sandwich and then the kid that he's just he's just nicked with his sword because he's pretty shit with his sword the kid that he's just barely grazed with his sword goes there were nuts on that. <laughs> like just suddenly drops yeah. down, like having a panic attack because he thinks that he's just, and he just, he, the guy just walks out the room and he goes, now I didn't really cut a sandwich with a samurai sword because that's unsanitary, <laughs> but he thinks I did. And as long as I've got that on my back, he won't know any difference. <laughs> and yeah. They immediately run out and they go, there's not nuts on that sword. <laughs> like jump in the golf cart and chase after him. It's perfectly just, sanitary. Clever. You just got to keep your sword clean. Yeah. It's just clever little shit like that was kind of fun. You always wash down your sword and re, Friggin' sharpen it. Yeah. There's an episode where um, one of them reveals they have a safe house and they've got like a mini fridge and all those little beer fridges. Mm. They've actually got type typo blood in there just in case they need to do a transfusion of someone. Mm. And that comes into play later because they use that to attract some ghoulies when they're being... But yeah, no, all in all, I, I liked it. You love it. attracting ghoulies. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm going to bring some of them back to the... Ghouls. we get some of them back to the Maisonette soon. Yeah. But like, come back with me. <laughs> Sabuki. Uh, my nutsack looks like a clown. Um, but yeah, no, all in all, really enjoyed it. I, uh, I would recommend people watch it, but it's, it's not gonna be for everyone. I don't think it's gonna be for anyone, like, who is looking for a more serious drama-filled thing, but anyone who still has a little bit of fun left in them and they've got a little bit of, you know, time and effort to put into someone like this, it's good. Um, but yeah, I give it a... I'm gonna give it a Gary Sinise. Bum, 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 Gary, Gary Sinise. The stand wasn't very good, but he was a good, he was a good Captain Dayan. Can't think of much else these days. He's a weird Christian now, so is he? Bum 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 bum. Gary Sinise. Bum 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 bum. Gary Sinise. He was on a boat. Da 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 da. Everybody had. What did you say his name was in? Gary Sinise. In Forrest Gump. Captain Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I broke rank. All right, and your review. Don't be disrespectful. Boom, 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 boom. Tell Danny all about shrimp. You can have like fried shrimp and sautéed for shrimp. You can have shrimp sandwiches and shrimp, shrimp thingy. Anyway, what am I reviewing next? What am I reviewing next? I don't know. What are you reviewing next? I'm going to review Surviving Mars. What? Surviving Mars. You mean that game where you survive on Mars? Sort of, yeah. You build a complex and you it's a colony grow people. Game. You make a colony on Mars. Do you make clones? No. Oh. It's pretty good. It's the best SimCity game since SimCity 4, maybe. Because um, that last SimCity game was rubbish. City Skylines all right, actually. Although I found a bit too much going on in that game. This one, you have, like, you're on Mars and you start off with a rocket ship that's land that's got a basic set of supplies. And depending on what, what um, nation you've picked as your starting nation you have different sorts of supplies, like some of them gear more towards having like 
life um, support systems and some are more about power and energy and science and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you have like like prefab units so you can have the robots go out and be build a unit without you having to find the materials needed to build it. And then your aim is to basically set up the power systems and set up the fuel thing so you can refuel the rocket and get it sent back to Earth so you can call another supply over. But in the process, also build a dome and you have a prefab dome to build so you can get your first set of colonists. Yeah. And the crucial thing is the first 10 years. So you have, or 10 souls, which I guess is, is that a day or a year? I think ten it's a day. Souls. They call it souls. The rotation oh, of the yes. sun. Oh, yes. No, the, it's uh, a day. So, but then 10 no, days. No, souls but longer babies. than that. But, uh, yeah, it's a year. 10 years. But then the day no, tonight cycle only year. happens over one. I watched so, The Martian so many times so, and read the book. Yeah, so Yeah, but it's still a year on Mars. The rotation around the sun is still going to be a year, a year on Mars. It just takes 382 days or something like that. Anyway, Whatever. Your aim is to keep a colony of survival lists alive for those first ten before you can start calling more. Or if one of them has a baby, then it's considered a success, and then you're allowed to start calling more colonists to Mars. But um, it's all stuff like, you know, you'll have to get water, you'll have moisture vaporators going, you'll have to sort of extract water, recycle water, all this sort of stuff to try and keep the colonists going. And it's not too hard to keep them alive. It's not like a survival game where it's constantly draining stats down and killing you off. You've got ways of surviving things. You can eventually set up trade units with other people colonising Mars on different sides of the planet. and yeah. You can call supplies, spend a bit of money to call some supplies over. Um, and you've got a massive budget. It's billions and billions of dollars that you get to spend. But um, you have to keep in mind that every time like a supply ship lands, you've got to refuel that thing and send it back. So you need to be able to make making the fuel to keep that going. Okay. Um, and there's some neat little details as well, like... If you make the rocket just land on the ground, then it kicks up a lot more dust, which will damage nearby buildings. Mm-hmm. So you need to get the dust cleaned off and all this sort of stuff because all the rock will damage them. But if you get proper landing pan, doesn't kick out as much dust. It's safer. Are there aliens? Uh, probably not. I don't know. I haven't seen any yet. You can find um, you find weird things. You can scan different regions of the map, and you'll find scientific things. And sometimes it'll be like, oh, there's some weird thing we found here that gives us some new you know thing for learning and yeah. all this um but yeah it's it's pretty nice stuff you're just building up colonies and putting them together and you can build another colony a bit further off if you call for another prefab you can go and build a colony in another part of your region and start like connecting them up afterwards you build shuttles that go between them and eventually you start sort of like you'll have like a network of domes and like things like that that people can live on people can walk to other domes you'll see them in their spacesuits running across things like that, but you can build tunnels. Tunnels are probably the biggest pain. Really? Um, they don't just connect to the side of a dome. You have to have a space inside the dome to build them from. Okay. But then you have to sort of make sure you're planning ahead when you're building your domes to and putting buildings inside it that you have somewhere where you can put a space to build out of. But the thing is, is that then that tunnel has to be able to go around and not get stuck going through anything else. Mm-hmm. So you need a clear path to the next dome, which might not be possible from where you've I see. started it. So you might have to destroy a building to put a tunnel in and then redesign what that's going to be. It gets a bit tricky. Um, yeah. But it's all about foreplanning. Your stuff you'll learn as you play along. Your first time is probably not going to be the best colony. You know, you might have a bit of a shit colony, but that's fine. What is the what is the end game, though? Um, just get be enough of a colony. Oh, so there isn't like an end game. It's a bit mm. like it's a bit like Sims Surviving City. Mars, I guess. Yeah. But um, you do have to do stuff like when you call colonists to the planet, you can go through and decide who gets to come and who doesn't. You can decide that you're having more geologists. In my colony, everyone gets to come. More geologists, more scientists, 
things like that. Um, I didn't really worry about that at first, and I just let them all come over whoever wanted to. And I didn't only I didn't have any geologists, um, any botanists in there. So my garden that was growing food wasn't doing a particularly good job of it. Luckily, they bring a bunch of food with them when they arrive. Okay, so you've got enough to last Road you a little snacks. while. But you just sort of like my my little hydroponics garden wasn't producing anything because the botanist that person was in there wasn't a botanist and they didn't have any skills in it. So the next time I made sure I got the right people over, you know, um, you get uh, you had a child. One of them had a child, so I got through that first ten souls fine. But I set up a school and then doesn't seem to be anyone going to the school. So don't know what that kid's doing. Slacking off probably, I'd imagine. But yeah, it's it's fun stuff. It's all little things interacting together. You can build solar panels and wind things and research improvements to them to boost them up. The little drone things do actually keep busy and do things themselves fine. They don't just like sit there and do nothing. You don't need to micromanage them. You can just let them go about and they'll they'll fix stuff when it needs fixing. They'll put the materials there when you need to build something. Like when you build something, a little bay appears yeah. and they pile up all the materials in a pile and then start constructing the object. Um, it's quite nice how when it constructs, you get like a blueprint appear on the screen and then it all just builds up around the edges of the blueprint, which looks neat. But um, yeah, I liked it. They're doing a follow-up, aren't they? There's a sequel coming soon, which is like supposed to be tied to this one, but it's set on Earth after the apocalypse or something. So it's like apparently Surviving Mars, the next game is a prequel to Surviving Mars. Oh, right. Like they're so- colonising Mars because Earth's been apocalypsed. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> apparently. I'm guessing that's what the premise is. But um, yeah, um, there's some DLC out for it that gives new scenarios to play, and I think surprise um, added some new vehicles and stuff like that, objects, mm. new new things to build. But um, yeah, it's good stuff. It's on PS4 as well. It's on sale right now. It's on PS4 and on Xbox. Yeah. It's not on Switch. It'd be a good Switch game. I reckon Switch would handle it no troubles. It won't be like City Skyline where it, it barely just runs. Did not run, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it's not. It's not like you have tons of towers and buildings and all this sort of stuff. You've just got. A plain wasteland. It's got some height differences, but you cut, there's no bodies of water being animated or anything like that. Yeah. If you find water, it's underground. It's like ice. You could almost do it like Prison Architect, couldn't you? Mm. It'd be, it's t- I reckon it'd be totally doable on Switch. I wouldn't be surprised if they announced it before too long. It's probably already announced now on Switch. Like, everything seems to be going on Switch now. Yeah. Got to fit everything um, on Switch. Got to do friggin' it's on Xbox games as well. that can't possibly work on the Switch being yeah. ported to Switch. Constructor. Yeah, just everything. Just everything's on Switch. Like Smash Brothers. Everything's in Smash Brothers. Like, that's the weird thing, though, because uh, wasn't it that Civilization Six ran all right on Switch, but... Yeah, it was based on the mobile port, wasn't it? They, cause they oh, did a, they, okay. They built Civilization Six with a mobile port in mind, ah. um, which was based on the uh, Civilization Revolution 2 engine. Yeah. Did. But it functions exactly the same, because that's the good thing about Civilization. As long as you get the all the things, the AI stuff working fine, all you need is a solid hex grid to build stuff on. Yeah. Um Civ 6 is good, though. If you get that on Switch, it's good. You won't be able to play a game through a game before the battery runs out, but, you know, it's fun. I wish they'd do a new Civilization Revolution, though, a proper one, not the mobile phone one, like an actual proper console one. Because Civilization Revolution on Xbox 360 is fantastic. See, Civ Revolution was on iPad, and I bought it. Yeah. But they discontinued it when the processors went to 64-bit instead of 32. Yeah, well, they had Civilization Revolution 2, didn't they, which was a free-to-play hellscape. Is it? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a free-to-play game, wasn't it? And they had, like, loads of... You had to buy other civilizations and stuff. And No, I've got Civ 2 on my phone, and it's it's just the full game. You just pay outright. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't I didn't pay... You probably like, paid for, like, Gold Edition or something. It's no, no, it was like ATP. Stuff. It was just in one of the sales. Ripped so off. ATP. Yeah, I know, right? But yeah, Surviving Mars is good. 
It sounds good. It sounds interesting. Yeah, I like building, building, building colonies and putting power lines down, and then worrying because my drones aren't repairing the moisture thing, and I need I need a new power thing, but I don't have enough rare metal. Need more ah, moisture farms. So I have to call another ship. You can you can call supply pods, and they're literally just they will just crash into the colony yeah. somewhere. Like you choose where they're going to land, and they just go boom, and they smack, and then they roll off, and it's just like you have to go and then collect them. Collect the supplies for it, and then you have to um, salvage the pod because oh, you can't okay. send it back; it's destroyed. So you salvage it and get a little bit of metal from the pod. Um, but yeah, it's it's good stuff. I like the rockets when they arrive. They're massive, great big things. And the side opens up and turns into a, a ramp. And all your little drones unpack it and take all the supplies off and pack them where you want them to go and everything. Oh. I like seeing the little drones caving. They look kind of like um, the Tachikoma from Ghost in the Shell. You know, the oh, little, little spidery bot. Yeah, but they've got like six wheels on arms. Oh. And they've got little arms in front of them that they grab things with. But um, yeah, I like the Tachikomas. But yeah. It's good stuff. Give it a go. Um, if you want, I mean... You might as well. You know. If you're listening to this, you've got nothing else to do. Yeah. Turn the sound off on the game and just listen to this in the background. Yeah. Play it. Cunts. Cool. Cool. So I'm... Uh, I'm. It's your third review. I'm going to review Don't Borderlands 3. Because oh, my uh, third review. Borderlands. Borderlands. Uh, Borderlands 3, eh? Xbox One X. Been um, playing it? It sounds, feels like no one's playing it already. Yeah, there's... It's um, so I held off reviewing this a few weeks ago, because when it was first released, it was doing a thing where it just ramped the fucking Xbox One up, and it made a bunch of noise, and I just did not like it. Yeah. So I gave it a break whilst it was being patched, because I think it was like a software issue where it was just the Xbox was trying to run itself ragged, trying to run this game that just did not need that power. Um, so I gave it a little bit of time, and then I went back to it, and it's still fine. It's the problem is that Borderlands 3, I think, was expecting to come out and just obliterate everything that was coming out after it. And my later review is probably going to be a game that's very similar that they were expecting to just outright destroy. Mm. Um, but the problem is that Borderlands 3 is so similar to Borderlands 1 and 2 in terms of the humour, the design, and even the graphics in some sections. Because it's so close to that, where I was expecting to have the next-gen Borderlands... I've actually just got more Borderlands, which isn't a bad thing. Because Borderlands 2 was great. I really enjoyed Borderlands 2. Some of the DLC stuff for it was were games that I would recommend people play by themselves. Like, mm. the problem is that this this isn't Borderlands 2 of all the DLC, with all the, the fixes. This isn't Borderlands 2 when me and my friends all lived in a flat together. But this is Borderlands 3... And it should be a next-gen revolution where I'm just like, I'm getting in there and people are hot-swapping in and out of missions and helping out with stuff. And everything's bombastic and really interesting. But it's all ramped up in a way that means that, you know... It just looks like every... It looks identical to the other ones. That's kind of the problem. Yeah. It is identical to the other ones. And and it just... Where I wanted more, I'm getting the same. I haven't heard anything about any new features or any new... Well, there is new stuff in there. So there's like new characters. There's characters from some of the older games as well. There's new vehicles you can get and drive. There's loads of new planets. That's probably the best new feature is that you can fly to different planets. But again, it's it's come out a time where it was probably expecting to be the best game of this type for at least six months. And the problem mm. is that you've got another game that's so much better, so much more exemplary. And does everything so much better than this game that is an established studio and should have released something phenomenal. And all they've done is they've released something that's good, 
not as good as what's come before. Mm. And the reason it's not as good as what's come before is because Borderlands 2, obviously... It's because they siphoned all the money from Aliens Isolation, Aliens Colonial Marines into well, Borderlands 2. Well, no, 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 no. It's because eight years ago, Borderlands 2 was released. Or is it six years now? Eight, six years? It's quite a while. It's ages seven, ago. seven, eight, I don't know. When did Alien Colonial Marines come out? 2012? Yeah, 2012? just after that, 2013 yeah. then. So Borderlands 2, when that was released, it was released and the, it was a good game, but it was more Borderlands, which is what we wanted because it wasn't that long after the original Borderlands and all the DLC and stuff. Yeah, it felt different. It had more emphasis on cutscenes and stuff. And yeah, had some more story. story. Had Handsome Jack, which everyone remembered, and he was a really charismatic mm-hmm. enemy. He was like a villain that people yeah. could really enjoy. Again... He was capitalism in space, and that was a really interesting concept. Yeah. Um, and then when you go to Borderlands 3, like, again, and as well, Borderlands 2, DLC, boom, 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 boom. You had a year of DLC afterwards. <laughs> and, you know, you had that incredible D&D campaign, and you had, like, the Halloween campaign, you had the mini campaigns in between those. They were just all dedicated to Borderlands. Yeah. And, and people loved it. And I, I really fucking enjoyed it. As soon as something new was released, I had to play it. I jumped in. When it comes to this, I mean, I haven't even completed the main campaign. Oh, no. I've spent hours playing it, but I haven't completed the main campaign. And I'll tell you what, like, I could probably... If someone was to, to invite me around and they say, do you want to play some Borderlands 3? And they accidentally booted up Borderlands 2 without me seeing it. And I just picked up a controller and started playing the game. and be like, you know what? This looks familiar, but I'm really enjoying this. And they're like, yeah... Yeah. I started playing the pre-sequel and I got bored. I like the pre-sequel. I like the pre-sequel because, like Borderlands 1, we had a small area and, like, you know, you had your hit points and stuff like mm. that. You didn't really have a main villain. You just sort of had to stop the people getting something. It was like the corporation you were fighting against. Yeah. Um, in, and then in Borderlands 2, you had, like, bigger areas. You had more, more action. You had Handsome Jack. He was a really good villain. That was really the year of the villain because I think that was around the same time as Far Cry 3 came out. Possibly. Yeah. I can't remember. It was um, years ago. Yeah, it was. And then Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which came out two years later, had that really interesting concept where they were like, look, fuck it, you're on the moon. Here's how this is going to work. Everyone has a shield that covers their whole body. But if you're good enough and you get enough headshots, you just fuck their visor and they just die. Ooh. And that was kind of like this really nice mechanic where they were like, look, if you're really good at that, then you're going to be really good at this game. We've kind of balked it in your favour. And they never patched that out, they never fixed that because that was a design. The design was that if you're in a firefight, you have to make the choice between using something that's very accurate and does maybe less damage, or use something that does high damage, is less accurate, but is just going to fucking cut through swaves of people. And that was a really nice idea. And also, the the whole jumping mechanic on, on the moon, it was really nice that you could just do the actual massive jumps and stuff. Yeah. And it sounds like a small thing, but when you take the action of Borderlands 1 and 2, which was finely tuned, really good, and you put it onto the moon, and it still works in the same way, but they changed the mechanics to make it work differently. But at the same time, you could still play the game the same way. Just all that stuff is great. But then with this, it's just... It's like we've taken a step back. It's like they've gone, all right, you've got other planets now, but those other planets could easily be other sections on the same planet. They're spending all their money on um, preparing Randy's... Court case. Yeah, legal defences, I still can't they? believe you had kiddie porn on this fucking... It was movie. research, he says. It was research. It barely oh, legal. Kiddie porn research. It was barely legal. Oh, it was barely legal. Yeah. Well, and the, the video of the girl shooting ping pong balls from her crutch yeah. was a for magic trick. Oh, right. He wants to research. know how she shot. He's using the same defence that um, Pete Townsend used when isn't he was found with porn. Yeah, isn't it the same defence that... Um, oh, God. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the biggest monster in the world. 
Charles Grodin. No, 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 no. The guy who played the Judge Reinhold. No, the guy who played the headmaster in. He yeah. was also in How the Duck. Yeah, Charles Grodin. No, GG. What was his name? What was his fucking name? Um. Oh God, who cares? Yeah, he told everyone that he was taking pictures of a boy naked for an art thing. No, oh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm, that happened. Um, so yeah, Borderlands. It's just it's it's so vanilla. It hasn't evolved. I think that's the problem. It hasn't evolved. You don't have charismatic villains anymore. You've now got these two fucking vloggers. Yeah. Yeah. It's two people that vlog their murders, and they've got like they're essentially like a mix between PewDiePie and Trump. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. Not great. They're twins that steal sirens' powers, and at the same time are looking to open the vault. But they're looking to open the vault so they can film it, so they get more viewers and more watchers. Because they just vlog everything that is fucking... Such a fucking tone-deaf thing, isn't it? Mm. So tone-deaf. There's one really interesting character who's an ex... He's like an ex-psycho who is now, like, the leader of a resistance, but it's, like, not a resistance. It's just a band of psychopaths. So it's, And he's really well-spoken, really handsome, and really, like, really like works out all the time and stuff like that and he's just like really positive all the time but every so often he slips in and like and you know every so often you start a cult and then the cannibalism happens and you're like I either go with this or I find a new cult and you know it's really hard to make friends in the wasteland (laughs) stuff like that like that's quite well written but then other stuff is just so poorly written it's just a shame it really is a shame does it have a bit where Randy Pitchford beats up Claptrap um, a former member of his staff yeah Yeah. Claptrap um I can't. I, I, it's it's not going to be a high rating. It's going to be a if you like Borderlands one and two, and no you one don't, knows what your ratings mean anyway. I know if you like Borderlands one and two, and you want more of the same, then this is it. It's so bland, but it is like uh, Adam Sandler is like the worst review I give, so it can't be an Adam Sandler. I'm trying to think of someone who's consistently just the bland. Yeah. Um, Joy Courtney. Oh my god. Except for when Joy Courtney plays Captain Boomerang. No, it's fucking hilarious. It's a Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. It's Sam Worthington. Yeah. It's just right along that line. Who's the other one? The one who's in Clash of the Titans. That is Sam Worthington. (laughs) He's cloned himself. Yeah, Yeah, Sam Worthington. It's just just across the line. Well, see, he's tried to do interesting stuff. Who's the guy who was in Gods of Egypt? Not Joe Butler, the main kid. Um, I don't know. And there's the other guy who looks like anything. he's probably about 10 years too old to have been that character in... Yeah, you're talking about the, the guy who was in... The um, guy who played the god, not who wasn't Jared Butler. Yeah, no, the guy who played the god that wasn't Jared Butler is the guy from Game of Thrones. And he was also yeah. in a really good film, which is depressing. Um, he was in a film called Shot Caller, yeah. where he was um, an ex-con who gets released from prison and he has made an agreement with this white supremacy gang that he had to join up with because they were the only gang that would take him because he's so fucking white. Um, and basically they, they agree to def- look after him whilst he's in prison because he's in there for quite some time. Um, as long as when he gets out, he organises something for them. And it's this whole thing where it's a very tense movie. It's very, very well done. I would have done it as a comedy. Yeah? Yeah. Do you remember Invictus when Harry Potter pretended to be a Nazi? No, pretended? Imperium. That was what it was called, Imperium. Mm. He shaved his head and he pretended to be a Nazi and he joined a Southern mm. Nazis. Really interesting film. Really good performance from him. And I don't think anyone saw it. No one watches films with... Um, Harry Potter. Yeah. He's got a new one coming out called Guns Akimbo. It's got Samara Weaving in it. And mm. I'm really excited to see it, but there's no trailer or anything yet. It's just sort of like... It was. It had its premiere at TIFF, but there's mm. no trailer for it or anything. But it's just... It, he plays a guy who's really lazy and watches a program online 
where people, again, live stream. People live stream two gladiators fighting it out. And what they do is if someone's Hunter like... Hunter and Wolf. Yeah. If someone's a weaker a weaker person, like if they like pick someone who's shit, then they give them an upgrade, which is actually an inconvenience. Yeah. And so he breaks up with his girlfriend because he's a shit person and ends up getting put in this game like someone basically just pays to have him thrown into the game. And because he's such a shit heel and he's like literally got no skills whatsoever, they have t- guns surgically attached to his hands. Yeah. So he's got these pistols. The problem is that he, it's not like an alien resurrection where they can make him go down. They're permanently in his hands. So he like has to like struggle putting clothes on and shit like that. And he has to find a way to survive this gladiator battle. Probably use them guns, right? I mean, that'd be most Americans' wet dreams, wouldn't it? <laughs> Never have to let go of guns. Yeah. So I got my guns. They'd find a way to wank with the guns. And my flippy floppies. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that picture of the guy who had two guns going into Starbucks? He had no. one holstered and one oh, tucked yeah. into his belt going into Starbucks. It's just, you have to imagine, like, if you think your life is that exciting that you think someone's going to be in a shootout where you're going to need two guns, I think you the probably need like to be... The guy looked like he was a... squeezing a 42-inch waist into 24-inch yeah. trousers. Yeah, that yeah. guy. You like if really seriously in America, if you feel like you have to carry around an assault rifle at all times because someone might just kick off and start firing, you've got to protect your home from all those home invasions. <laughs> like I don't know if anyone knows. Lock this your in, doors. I don't know if anyone knows this in America, but it's going to be real tough for you to bring up the entirety of an M16 from under your bed or next to your bed, wherever you've got it, to defend your house. If someone gets into your bedroom, which is the first place they'll go if they have a gun, because they want to murder you first and then steal all your shit. So it makes more sense to have a pistol, and they're less dangerous. But also, Americans shoot each other a lot. They're fucking psychopaths. Anyway, Ant, your review? Nah. Ant, your review? Um, uh, W2K20. Oh, yeah? It's out. I've, I've just, you know all the people showing videos, like, everything going horrendously, hilariously wrong with it? Yep, yep, yep. Actually, I've had, like, next to none of that. Uh, I've played that quite now. a few hours of it. I've had some little graphical issues here and there. I think a lot of it is tied to the creating things, like because people go in and they create tons of arenas and special entrances and loads of wrestlers and stuff like that. And I don't do so much of that, so maybe that's why it's not causing me problems. But um, yeah, it's it's another WWE game. It's definitely not as good as last year's one. The story mode is just shocking. Like they, it feels like it's less of a grind. And I like the idea that you have two characters: you have a male and female wrestler. And you can switch between the two whenever you feel like during the story. So yeah. you can flip to the other one and do their match. And then like Resident Evil Zero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Exactly like Resident Evil like Zero. Like Resident Evil Zero, where you could hot swap yeah, between the two yeah, characters. Definitely. Yeah. You'd be Billy or you could be Rebecca. But um, the cutscenes are just awful. Like last year's ones, the cutscenes were pretty decent for that sort of thing. They had that sort of. It felt like a proper scripted thing written by a person who knew how to write stories and it had little character moments and stuff like that and fun banter. Little bit of comedy and all this sort of stuff. It was a, it was like a wacky road movie. The last one, this one kind of just feels like they've let the intern Gary make it, and it comes across like the cutscenes look like early Xbox 360 ones where they're still not mocapping, they're mocapping stuff, but they've just got people standing they're on like the spot. mocapping the waist, and then they're doing the. They can't interact with each other. <laughs> you know, they're just standing around. <laughs> you know, like, uh, do you remember the always awkward, moving about? Do you remember the awkward high fives of the PS3 yeah. early era? Where they had like hands that were completely still and they went in a high five and it looked like they were just like gently caressing midair. Yeah. But it's all stuff like that. Like it's framed around I assume they're going to the Hall of Fame ceremony or something and they're thinking back over their careers. Oh right. But they're unreliable narrators, so like sometimes it'll be like 
you know, they're recalling some past event, some fantasy version. Like, I want to be a wrestler and all this sort of stuff. And they're it's wrestling a like... film about concussions. They're wrestling like friggin', you know, legendary wrestlers from the 80s or something. And it's in like the old Raw arena from the 90s and stuff like that. So it messes around with stuff like that. There's one of the arenas in the game is like an Undertaker themed hell I've arena. Seen that. That's the bit so that I'm seen. assuming that's something during the storyline. Yeah. I reckon this is a secret, film, yeah. secret, secret concussion thing. I think it's there that that thing there with the arena. I imagine that's like their way of introducing what the WWE originals are because that's yeah. kind of a neat thing. The WWE originals are going to be DLC for the game, which is each one some <laughs> sort of fancy thing. It's got. It's got Hulk, DLC. Hulk Hogan comes up like a coffin, shoots up, and the door opens. It's Hulk Hogan. He comes like, oh, I ate too much pork. Like uh, it's not going to be Hulk. Hogan. No one likes Hulk. Hogan. It's just they can't get him to record any further. Why VO. would Hulk Hogan be in a coffin? They can't get him to get him any VO, so they just they just have him have lines from his sex yeah. tape. Yeah, that's what they'll use. Yeah, definitely. That'd work. Yeah. Oh god, I eat no. too much pork. But, <laughs> also that phone call he had with his ex-wife where he screwed down the phone and said she's probably having sex with a bunch of black dudes <laughs> Hulk Hogan's a monster He's why a are you talking about Hulk Hogan's sex tape now I don't know no he had a there was a phone call that was recorded where he was screaming at his daughter or his ex-wife possibly about saying that she's going to get raped by but a bunch why? of black dudes why Why is that a thing? Because Hulk Hogan you, yeah, did it. Why are you bringing it? Because Hulk Hogan's in the game. He's in the trailer. Yeah, but no one cares. Yeah, I know no one cares. It's just he's a monster. It's nothing to do with the story mode or anything. Wasn't there once a story where... Um, I wanted to say leave Schreiber then, but... It's, what's the name? Oh, Vince McMahon. Wasn't there a story where Vince McMahon's daughter was sexually assaulted? There, people made jokes about her and Macho Man, but it's nonsense. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that he had written a storyline for some reason that she was assaulted and then and then someone came in to defend her and it was like one of the wrestlers and then it was like this whole thing. No, that sounds stupid. But no, they've got these originals. It's a new thing where like they're fancy themed special one-off things. Um, the first one they've done, it's like Bray Wyatt trying to get Finn Balor, the demon Finn Balor, to join his this cult. Demons. Finn Balor dresses up with a demon oh, costume right, sometimes. Okay. But... um. You get like a bunch of horror themed characters, like there's Bray Wyatt as the Swamp Father, and he looks like Swamp Thing. Okay. And there's like the Demon Finn Balor, get a Demon King one where he's all like made of rock and lava and stuff. And oh, cool. So the weird designs. Um, and you also unlock um the new Bray Wyatt recently changed gimmick. He's called the Fiend now. Okay. He's got this horror gimmick with a new mask. It looks like flayed flesh, and he carries a severed head to the ring with a light in its mouth. Cool. Like its mouth's wide open. This is a real like, severed head, yeah. Yeah, yeah, real severed head, yeah. Um, it's a version of his head of his eyes stitched what? together it's like properly it's properly grim I'm amazed they're actually allowed to do it on TV I think they, they're only allowed to show him during the last hour of the shows right now because apparently because it's on at like 8 to 10 yeah so they've brought like a little bit too early in the first hour so maybe we leave it for the later part but he's definitely a bit more sort of horror didn't Rikishi used to sit on people's faces he used to stick his arse in their faces he used to sit on people's faces stink face he used to sit on their faces no he used to get him in the corner and rub his arse in their face it's a stink face. It's a legitimate wrestling That's a sex move. move. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like The Fiend. He's quite good in it. His entrance is really nicely done because um, he's got a weird entrance and there's it does, like, his whole victory pose thing where he's posing in the ring and the music stops and the lights go out and then it goes to the stage and he's, like, there looking over his shoulder as the camera zooms in on him and cuts to black and everyone's laughing. Like, there's a creepy laugh. They've done, they've done that quite well. Um, 
character models are all over the place. Like some of them are really nicely done. Like there's a lot of people going, oh, the game looks terrible. And they've been picking and choosing the worst character models and not looking at like some of the ones that look really good. Like Tommaso Ciampa wasn't in the last game. He looks fantastic in this one. His beard looks properly realistic and everything. Yeah. But then you get like Pete Dunn where everything looks fine except for the beard. It looks like <laughs> looks like they got one of those ones with the elastic yeah. band. Um, and the new Bray Wyatt skin looks good. Although I've noticed his tattoos on his arm are in a slightly different place to the other Bray Wyatt skin, the regular Bray Wyatt, hmm. which suggests that they like messed up something on one of the scans. Um, I know one of the wrestlers said he's got hair in the game because the day they did the scan, he hadn't wrestled for a week. So he just let his hair grow and didn't shave his head before the match. So his wrestler's got his character model in the game. has got a little bit of hair when normally he's bald. Um, but some of them are just like shocking. Like the Macho Man Randy Savage looks terrible and the Ultimate Warrior, a lot of the legends. I imagine what the case was is that they weren't using any of the scan data from maybe maybe previous games and a lot of those old legend wrestlers are old or dead or maybe WWE didn't free up enough people to go and do their scans yeah. for the full body scan thing because some of the current roster wrestlers look ropey. Um, but I think they were relying on having new scans for all the wrestlers and they didn't get them. It's a new development team this time. It's Visual Concepts, usually it's Ukes, but they're clearly working with Ukes. It's Visual Concepts are usually the ones who do the mobile stuff, aren't they? They do a bunch of things. They did um, NHL games and stuff like that oh, for okay. years, so they know how to do yearly sports things. But it does feel a lot like they should be having a two-year development cycle on these things and like having a different team make a game. And then, you know, so they have one team making it one year and then Visual Concepts the next or something. Like what they do with Call of Duty. Yeah. And all that. Because in one year, it's a lot to get done. There's a lot of wrestlers in the game. It's like 100, it's not like 120 something characters in the game. And that's not including all the variations. Where, like, because they've got a women's revolution showcase, which is about the four horse women um, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. And it follows their story and how where they are today. So yeah. they've got, like, probably about 10, 15 character models each with different costumes and stuff like that and tweaks and their hair done differently, especially Sasha Banks and Charlotte who are always changing how their hair looks and stuff. But they've all got the exact same face no matter what year they come from. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's like multiple character models for all them and then there's like hundred and some odd characters. There's a lot of characters to try and... A lot of wrestlers to put into the game with different movesets for every wrestler and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work. And then you're going to have to have even more movesets because you need to have moves for people making create a wrestler and all that and that's a shit ton of animations and on top of that wrestling games people don't realize are really complex friggin' things because you've got to make it so that all the characters can grapple and throw character models that are completely different sizes and i don't think people ever realize how little in games a character will physically grab another character in any way beyond a simple maybe grabbing their leg and swinging them around or something and devil may cry mm. you never get actual grappling in a lot of games and when the games you do, like the UFC games, are usually full of physics bugs as well. And they usually don't have a hundred some odd wrestler characters for the team to have to be making as well as making all this grappling stuff work. Um, that's one thing where the cutscenes in the story mode fall flat because it's clearly they haven't, they've just motion captured stuff and the character models bleed through each other and stuff like that. But they haven't done it right. But that's the thing is in order to get like, if you've got a small wrestler and you've got a big wrestler and mm-hmm. his suplex has to work between those two, and it has the same animation has to work on a taller wrestler yeah. with a smaller wrestler or something like that. And they have to work the same way without going through each other. You've then got to apply some sort of procedural animation to it so the hands move to different positions and 
you know, so they grab them in the right spots and don't their arms don't disappear through the other wrestlers because you can't just use a pure pre-canned animation because yeah. if you're lifting a fat wrestler, your arm will disappear inside them like you do in the old games. So then once you've done that, you're then getting into the realm where procedural animation's kicking in and then it has to determine when it should activate procedural generation or not. Yeah. So if then an arm gets caught on the ropes and it's trying to pull it and then the ropes have got physics on them so they pull with the thing, that starts twisting up. Then all sorts of other physics start coming in. And it's like, it's too much to be doing in one year. Yeah. <laughs> it's a like, lot of work. You can create, so you can create character models that have tether points. And then yeah. regardless of the size, you have like different points where they would be tethered. So you remember those games where you like have to stack people and their hands are tethered and their yeah. feet are tethered. So you could do that. So you could do so everyone would have like it's a more and more box. complex the more caps has. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Like, well, you could you could do it so that there is a generic shape. So you could do it so there's a generic box, and that box would be say let's if, say picking up a steel chair. You've got a character holding a steel chair. Yeah, and he's be, the size of Rey Mysterio. It'd be different. His arms are, are going to be in a different position. They're going to be wider apart than if you've got a wrestler the yeah, size of Big Show so, holding um, a steel chair. Imagine a model that looks a bit like. <laughs> Like tofu, when you do like game design, yeah, when, yeah. I've do, when I've done stuff, so like you'd have shoulder height, you would have two points, and then you'd have two points waist height, and then maybe you'd have two points at the bottom that would be feet, but your feet and your arms would actually be coming off, so you'd have mm. those as different tether points. And so when you grab parts, it would activate those different tether points, and then it would give them different animations, and it wouldn't matter the size that you made it; it would also have it would always have those eight tether points. And then obviously you'd have one for the head or something like that because you do moves that involve the head. Yeah, that's how um, procedural animation works. Well, no, because you can you can apply character models to those to those frameworks. So you could do, and it wouldn't procedurally be. You need to procedurally generate. If you have those tether points, you have to have them set up to different widths. So then the arms have to move the. Yeah, different but that's positions. what I mean. So you would the character model. So you'd apply it to the character model, and then it would change. It'd be variable based on based on the character model. Well, who they're touching, and it has to be based on who they're grappling. Well, no, each person would have. So you'd animate the individual. To You're not going to do seven different animations to make them. No, you would grab just have one. It so, that, so it's almost like so you know sized characters. So I don't know if you if you remember in like the PS2 days, the PS2 days when you had like a fighting game that was made like on the cheap by some budget budget team and you'd go and do a grapple regardless of who you were grappling it wouldn't it would just be that there'd be a point where you grab that person and it would disregard the arms there'd be so much clipping and stuff like that but that's a very simplified version of doing it so you would just have one grapple point and they'd always grab there and they'd disregard anything to do with the arms except for the person doing the grapple that's kind of what it would look like yeah that's what I'm saying that's what that's why you need procedural animation yeah. for it yeah sorry sorry <laughs> uh-huh. I'm all over the place yeah but um yeah this it's, it's too much. They're gonna have to change how they do these games, and um, you know, just not so much. There's so much stuff in these games, and the thing is, is that if they dare to remove anything, the the fans in inverted quotes, because they're not really fans, if they're just being angry all the time, they mm. if they actively seem to hate the thing, they're not really fans. They're just angry about stuff. Yeah. Um, there's so much stuff that you can't take anything away. If you take anything away, they freak out and get angry. But then, like, if you don't deliver this perfect, flawless game, they can freak out and get angry, and you can't have both. You're going to have to cut stuff out. I would say cut the story mode out, because it's clearly not working. I'd cut out the showcase, have something different, get universe mode to be a bit more interesting. Go back to the old, like, like the old um, showstoppers. You remember, like, they had on the N64 games, you could set up, like, the, the big matches. You can, have, you can set up stuff like that. You can create your own pay-per-views and That's what I was thinking stuff. about, the pay-per-views. Yeah, so yeah. create a pay-per-view. Um, you can set up tournaments and stuff, but the universe mode is like that's the thing where you play through. You know, you'll do the raw show and it will generate the thing, but you can manage it. It's like the NBA Two um, K thing where you play as a rookie and all that yeah. other shit. Yeah, but I'd like it if you. I mean, manager mode is the one thing I'd want back is where you actually run the show and you decide the matches and 
you make the card and you decide who's getting a push and who's not and what the storylines are and all that sort of stuff. Oh, like Football Manager, yeah. but with oh, wrestling. Sort of yeah, it was good. Manager yeah. mode in the other games were good. But universe mode isn't really that. They keep trying to push it as that, but it's not. You can tweak things, but there's no like, you're not getting points for getting certain good ratings or anything like that. You're just, yeah. it's just going from one show to the next. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and it does, it's got weird ways of handling things. Like you have to put someone into a division to go for a championship. There's no way to organically have wrestlers move from one division to the next. So if they get really popular after being in one division, or their momentum's gone up, they don't automatically move into like main event status, which is what they probably should. The original games had it really simple. It was anyone who was over like 95 ranking or whatever were going for the main title. Anyone below that was going for the mid card. And anything really low was going for like cruiserweight or something. Cruiserweight. But that's all they need to do. But it, you have to manually put them into division. So you have to manage it in that sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, just rip out that story mode because it's a lot of resources to make a story mode and it never works mm. and it's always a long slog and you want something to take your creator wrestler through but then just do something a bit different with universe mode they used to just do it where you play through the season wouldn't they yeah. you just play through the seasonal events they made it so it's a really long grind it's weird that it's such a grind as well to build up a created wrestler in the story mode mm. because there isn't any microtransactions and normally you'd expect that grind when they're going to try and sell you boosters Yeah, but there isn't any of that do you think there maybe was and they took it out? I think they've been trying to gear the audience to it for years mm. and they haven't done it yet. But um, they definitely, in the last few games, it's been getting worse and worse. Yeah, It doesn't feel as bad this game. I've noticed, because one thing, you get XP and points to boost up your characters, but it doesn't split them between the two wrestlers in the story mode. It You can you, you unlock nine points, you can use nine on one, nine on the other. So they've got their own pool of points each. Okay. So they could have milked that and made it way worse by making it so you have to decide which one you're gonna yeah, put the points to. You can build them up everyone. And the but way then they would have to design more. They'd have to have more FMVs and stuff to go in between, so it would take longer to complete. Yeah. No, they make it so it gets unfairly difficult, and then you have to pay to. Oh, yeah, that's okay, what they're trying to do. Yeah. But um, the way you level them up as well in the career mode is quite. I think it's all right. It's like kind of like the sphere grid from um, Final Fantasy X. Um, you boost up stats by opening up. Like you'll you'll unlock like increased reversal speed, increased punching strength, and all this sort of stuff. And you'll go on a grid, and as you work your way through the grid, you can unlock more powerful special abilities and stuff. That's neat. I think that's an all right way of doing it. Although it does feel a bit random. Um, if it was more of like a guided go this way to be a power wrestler, go this way to be a technician. That'd that be nice, wouldn't was, it? Yeah, they did that sort of on the last one. They had f- trees, but it was just endless. Mm. It was an endless thing. But um, yeah, it's just. The wrestling itself would be fine if it wasn't so weird every now and again. Sometimes I've had loads of graphical issues, and that's about as far as I've had. I haven't had anything where it's locking the game. I haven't had the referee with his legs not working, scrambling around the bottom. I haven't had things disappearing through the ring. The worst I've had is like Robert Rude's cloak, um, cape thing. Not cape, was it? Wait, he wears a big old jacket. Yeah. Um, like frigging glitching into the floor, or like a wrestler being stood in the ring, and when they disappear, their shadow is, like, in the audience. Um, that's about the worst I've had. I can live with that. I've seen worse. I had... So UFC <laughs> 2 is probably the worst game I've ever had glitches with. Yeah, UFC 2 had loads of issues, didn't it? Really, it really like, bad. Like, it was, like, one of my favourite ones... twisting around. Yeah, one of my favourite ones was I grappled someone, so you lift them in the air and then you slam them down. And mm. as I slammed them down, like a clock, they went around. <laughs> yeah. They went around the arena. And then when they got to me, I was suddenly underneath this other person. I was like, what is happening? This yeah. is amazing. That's what happens when you... Because you, you have to have procedural animation. You have to have physics involved. Yeah. And once those two things are in there, it gets a lot more complicated to stop things going weird. Yeah. Um, and that's, like I say, that's why you get games like Devil May Cry where that stuff doesn't matter. 
And if you're going to grab someone, it will, they'll just put a point where he grabs the leg yeah. of the opponent. But if you look closely, their hand isn't actually gripping around the leg. It's like in the vicinity. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing. You don't really get games grabbing people and interacting with them. I'll tell you what, them, actually, um, unless Doom, it's pre canned animation. Yeah, Doom yeah. had like all those. Pfft, yeah, like things. It was it was pre canned animations, but it was like it, I think more of what I'm getting at is the the level of pre canned animations because you could target yeah. different body parts in Doom. You had different grapples depending on where you looked. Oh yeah, which way, which side you were on. Yeah, which side where you were looking, whether you or not you were yeah. behind them. Like, there but must you couldn't been... do the same kill to two different sized enemies. Every enemy had a, its own set of yeah. kills. So each enemy would have his own set of kills. Yeah. You couldn't like rip the arm off like the giant demons and smack them with the arm. Yeah. Because the animations would then have to be generated in a different way to make that possible. Oh yeah. yeah. Whereas wrestling games have to allow for that change. But thinking about like the level of variability in each room in Doom mm. where you have like four different enemy types mm. and each enemy has twenty different grapples, let's say, depending on where you look or where you move. And then you've got at any time you've got two enemies flashing. Mm. So it has to prep the information for both of those potential grapples. I was just thinking, Doom 2016 might be the ultimate video game. Be- might be the best thing ever made. It's the best first-person beat-em-up ever. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'd say that was Overwatch is the 20... best first-person beat-em-up ever made. Yeah. It's a shmup. It's a beat-em-up. Yeah, you and you. It's like Street Fighter. Everyone interacts with each other. Nah, just go overboard. Just blurfing <laughs> up. But no, 2K20, it's not great. It's not as good as last year's one, which I thought was actually pretty solid overall. Um, Last year's one but they've right, already patched they? once and I'm noticing less issues since the patch um, frame rate tanks a little bit when there's loads of wrestlers on the ring but nowhere nothing like what the Switch version of 2K18 did it's nothing it's more sort of like you dip into 30 rather than 60 but um, yeah I wouldn't spend 90 quid on it <laughs> why not? because that's how much I spent on it <laughs> anyway you review a thing so your last review I'm going to review my last thing yeah so I'm going to review Terminator no, Dark. I'm going to review Terminator Dark. <laughs> I'm going to review the Outer Worlds. Yeah, review the Outer Worlds, or as I like to call it, Fallout New Vegas Two in space. No, mm. it's so the Outer Worlds. Um, I mentioned earlier about Borderlands Three, and everything that I had issues with in Borderlands Three is everything that is near perfect in the Outer Worlds. So. The Outer Worlds is um, is a new game from Obsidian who have recently been bought by uh, Microsoft, but it's a new game by Obsidian who created Fallout New Vegas and they uh, quite famously did that in a year and went on to release something that was very critically critically acclaimed. Can't make a game in a year unless it's Final Fantasy VII. Um, it was very critically acclaimed and, and people loved it. People generally loved it. Like New Vegas um, had a really rocky start, but it once did. it was it, patched up a bit. I mean, it had a it had a rocky start, but unlike Fallout Three, you didn't feel those restrictions mm. immediately. Like Fallout New Vegas, I remember Fallout New Vegas the first time I played it. I tried playing it like Fallout Three. So Fallout Three, as soon as I got outside, I was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm not going to follow the story. I'm going to go left until I can't go left any longer." Because I always do that in these big open world Fallout RPGs. Fallout Three was just Elder Scrolls Oblivion. With- yeah. Yeah, well. post apocalypse. I got but, bored uh, of it. So I went, I went left, and I got to. I almost immediately came across an, um, a bunch of bunch of monsters that killed me. It was just too high level. Yeah. For New Vegas, I went left. I carried on. I went through this like this big um, communications pylon, and mm-hmm. there were a bunch of um, of rad insects. So you had like rad roaches and things like that. And I ran away. How from rad them. are they? Were they wearing they were shades? Rad. They were wearing those crop tops from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Um, 
Well, no, I, I just the kids from Fame. Uh, yeah, and or, or John Travolta through the eighties. Um, I and I just ran away, and I managed to get away, and then like basically that's when my adventure went, and I was happy. It was just it was incredible, and it kind of adapted like it adapted to how you wanted to play it, so you would get different things coming up at different times. It was very clever, and also the, all the dialogue was good. It was very interesting. Yeah, so, you could literally bump up your charm in that game and charm your way through stuff which yeah, you Fallout 3 thing. didn't really allow it just gave you this extra option that like, yeah, you had like, every now and again you can charm this person yeah, um, and also you had the caveman speak if you want to put your intelligence right down you could just speak like a caveman if you want yeah. to put your there was one thing where it's like the original games had yeah and you had the weird west mm. so how the west was weird mm. whatever that mode was where if you had certain stats you could make it so that all this weird shit just turned up randomly and you had like people in rabbit masks who would normally not have a rabbit mask on and all and just weird bits and pieces like that. Um, so Obsidian have, have put their put their creative powers to make a new game, and that is The Outer Worlds. Hmm. And The Outer Worlds is an, an RPG in which you play a person who has recently awoken from stasis. You've been saved on a from your big ship that something went wrong, and you've been floating for a while. In the time that you were you were put under and, and you've woken up, the world has changed. Well, sorry, the 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 universe has changed. You're now in a capitalist hellscape. Oh, nice! So basically, everyone Didn't has like everyone has a job and a role. Every, there are corporations that pretty much control everything, and you're either part of one of those corporations or you are not. And if you're not, you're like a wastelander. You're and like, yet, it exists in a capitalist empire. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, yet, you live in a society. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so you start out. You you start pretending to be this person who was accidentally squished by a beacon. And you're now taking their role and you, a lot of interactions you can choose to either give his name hmm. and pretend to be this person, just fucking go for it or give your name. Every interaction starts with you either saying, hi, my name's Matt or hi, my name is whatever. I think it's Captain Hawthorne or something like that as a reference. Um, and, uh, and yet from there on, you're like, it's sarcastic people, clever dialogue, lots of options. One of the things I'm finding, um, most interesting about it is that you have interactions with all these people. And and the way that you speak to them really has an impact on how you do things. Mm. So there was there's a particular mission where you have to go and get paper so that you have to go get paper and someone who can work a printing press like this futuristic printing press because they want to print leaflets about the about the resistance. And the person who who asks you to go and do this is just like, look, I am the guy who gives you information, but I'm going to need something from you. Can you help us print all this information? And immediately you get the choice of, yeah, I'll help you. But then you've got charm, persuade, and threaten. Mm. So you can charm, you can be like, hey, you don't want me on your resistance. I'm shit at being in the resistance. Don't worry about it. Just give me the information. You can you can persuade them, be like, be like, I'm going to tell your boss you're part of the resistance. I wish they'd make a new alpha protocol, because yeah. that game was really good for that sort of thing. It was really good for that. It was made by the Headhunter guys, wasn't it? Sega. Yeah, made by Obsidian. Was it? Yeah. Ah. It's an Obsidian game. Oh, they may have made Headhunter then. Nah, they didn't make Headhunter. Did they not? God, no. Obsidian's lineage is like, they after they set up their own studio, after leaving Bethesda and stuff, they were friggin' Fallout New Vegas, Alpha Protocol, Pillars of Eternity. Oh, Pillars of Eternity was good. Yeah, I had that on PC because I did the Kickstarter, but um, I never got very far in it. No. It's a bit too old RPG for me. It was it was a weird game, but it was, it was a bit like... Um, old PC RPGs that I never got on with, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so the Outer Worlds. So, yeah, you, you start this space adventure. And the setup is almost exactly the same to Borderlands. Except 
the person you're fighting is capitalism. Yay, fuck and capitalism. And what you're doing is every time you speak to someone, your choices actually matter. So whereas in like Borderlands, you're like being spoken to mm. and you have like some responses, but most of the time you're just saying yes to missions and getting it done. In this, every conversation you can go from being an ally to an enemy within the conversation of not paying attention to what you're saying. Yeah. So if you don't attempt to have those conversations properly, you can find yourself in a firefight. And there are a ton of levels where I recently just completed a level where you have a bunch of people holding holding someone hostage who has some some equipment, some technology that you need. And if you if you just go in guns blazing, you can take out the six or seven people in there fairly easily. But if you really want to be a sneaky bastard, you can stealth it round all the people, and then go into this this big like um this big like uh, shed like it is essentially a shed. But it's actually a venting processing plant. And you can just process and vent all the poison gas out through the surface. Kill everyone there without ever shooting a bullet. And then turn the vents off and then just go out and be like, everyone's dead. Did it. I mean, yeah. and, it's, and that's really cool. And the creatures look great. You've got a lot of like weird mantis looking creatures on the face of some planets. And then you've got those weird dogs, dog. Um, lizard alien monsters Lizards. and then you're killing a lot of people and there's a lot of loot there's a really good system where you get two people two people that like join you two companions and one of them has a really sweet so a lot of it is very um, Firefly-esque yeah and there is one character in particular that comes across like the um, like the engineer from Firefly but less interested in physical Romance. They want a non-physical romantic relationship. And they tell you all about this. And there's a mission where if you take her as your companion, there are additional dialogue options. Yeah. And then you can actually go and have a drink in the local bar and you can talk further with that person about that relationship and try and convince them to go. And then they start a correspondence with the person they're interested with. And you can catch up with them. You can ask them questions about it. It's fucking incredible. Nice. It's just stupid little shit like that. It means a lot. Like there is a priest that joins you. And I recently took him on a mission where hacking was involved. And so you do all of this mission and it comes to the part where you have to do the hacking and he just goes, I can do that for you. And your response, like you can pick a sarcastic response first and I did because I'm a sarcastic prick. But it's just like, I'm sure giving all those sermons you've worked out how to hack this machine, have you? And he's like, he's like, no, actually, genuinely, I can hack this. And you're like, okay, go ahead. And it cuts to him having successfully hacked it. And you're just like, oh, all right, okay. But it's just like little bits like that. Are it's really a techno monk, like from yeah. um, what? what film was that? The one with um, uh, Dennis Rodman? No, I was thinking about the one with Keanu Reeves. No, Johnny Mnemonic. No, yeah, techno priest. No, it's not as fun as the one from Dennis Rodman. You're talking about Simon Says the sequel Simon to says, Double Team, yeah, in which Dennis Rodman had uh, Dane Cook as his techno partner. <laughs> God, imagine having to hang out with Dane Cook. <laughs> imagine having to hang out with Dennis Rodman. Mm. He's like full on Korean. Um, Kim Jong-il seems to enjoy it. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. If you pick your friends based on dictators' friendships, then yeah, get with on Kim Jong-il, he's, you know, got no butthole. He doesn't poop. No. He knows he a unicorn. All the stuff I know about Kim Jong-il I learned from the interview. Yeah, which isn't that bad a film, but yeah. it's nowhere near as controversial as it was made out to yeah. be. Um, probably the best scene in that film is the scene with the poison. Can't where, remember. Yeah, she has to go and shake. Because you know the, the whole plan is that he's got a weird like gel on his hand. Oh, yeah. And he's got the poison. He's just got to shake hands and then Kim Jong-il will, t- will die like 24 hours later. Mm-hmm. And the, like, the way he's, he's actually like... It's it's so obviously something that's set up. Mm-hmm. And it's just the fact that they uh, they completely lambasted 
Kim Jong-un. He's just that fucking tall bro hog. It's Kim Jong-il. Kim Jong-il, sorry. Kim Jong-un died years ago. Yeah, he did. Freaking the illustrious leader. Yeah. Who um, kidnapped uh, some filmmakers. Yeah, he kidnapped a film director to yeah. make his own version of King Kong. Or he Godzilla. made a whole bunch of films. He made like seven films. Did he? he? Yeah, yeah. He married he a woman. It's actually quite a crazy story. They um, they kidnapped They him. were sent to Amsterdam to try and secure funding for another film. And yeah. they had arranged to have an interview with a newspaper. Yeah. And he had convinced the director guy and his um, former wife, like he's been stuck with now for years. Imagine being stuck with your ex for that long. Um, they convinced the guards to wait outside while they did the interview. So those guards are dead. Um, and they literally just like bolted out the place, got in a car. They had a car chase through the streets, like with them chasing after them. And they managed to get to the US embassy yeah. and seek asylum. But, um, yeah, those, those guards that failed that, they are, they are dead. They're dead. <laughs> They're done. They got killed. Because he was, he, he made the weird It'd Korean. Be an awesome film. He like, made the weird Korean Godzilla film, didn't he? Yeah. Um, friggin', I know his name. But it was like the actual. The whole thing that happened was a lot like silence. They made a whole bunch of. Um, like that's the only film his wife's, his ex-wife's not in. Um, but they made a whole bunch of films that were basically promoting how great North yeah. Korea is and all this sort of stuff. And Kim Jong Un was basically he had made some films. Kim Jong Un had, and none of them were winning awards. And he was he wanted to, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, Should I talk about the Outer Wilds some more? Yeah. So the Outer Wilds, yeah, it's it's. Um, it's really, really, really good. Everything works so fucking well. Um, it's really refreshing to have a game that doesn't doesn't crash randomly or have anything go wrong. Um, it's all really, really decent. And it looks great, and I'm just I don't really know what to say in this situation. Pulgasari. There you go. That's the name. I don't of the know film. what to say in this situation because so many games that we get nowadays, there are like just tons of bugs and things that go wrong and all this other shit, and this just. Works. So you're saying I should have bought Outer Worlds instead of WWE? Yeah, probably. Probably. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but I, I can't recommend it enough. Give me twenty five pound a month and I'll get that Xbox thing. And I'll. Oh, um, I'm already giving you additional money for the ferrets. Just use that towards it. The ferrets owe me twenty five quid. No, no, they don't. They have never borrowed money That's, from you. That extra money for the ferrets just about pays for a week of food. You need to spend less on food. No, I don't. <laughs> if you did, hey, I've been skim- I've been going to Poundland and getting Twin Peaks bars rather than spending more than that on just a small bag of um, double decker bikes. Why not just not eat those? What? <laughs> the Outer Worlds is it's Twin near Peaks enough. Bars are great. Uh, the Outer Worlds is near enough. It is like the perfect type of this game, and that's mm. the problem is that it came out at the same time as Borderlands, and Borderlands was so much money behind it, so much time behind it, and it was expecting to just trounce this. It had, obviously... The different sorts of games, though. No, like, that's the weird thing. Our Worlds is a Fallout-style game. Yeah, but you think they're different types of game, but when you play them, they're, they're literally interchangeable. The only difference is there are vehicles in Borderlands 3. The actual structure of the game, the idea, like, the RPG elements, the way that you level up, the mm. way you fight, there's really not much difference. The difference is that the casing for Borderlands 3 is a casing from almost 10 years ago and is tone deaf. The casing for this is this fantastic living, breathing world. Yeah, but this is more like old Fallout games from 20 years ago. But the structure, like, yeah. honestly, I don't think you realise how similar these two games are. It's just the way that they've been packaged. They were Like, here's, so here's the thing. You have a ship in both games. 
Oh. And you select the destination, and then you fly there. There's no interactivity beyond that. You fly there, you get out, and you go and do your missions, right? Mm. If you do... Like, the two areas are almost exactly the same. The only difference is that you have, like, a bunch of vending machines on the on on um, Borderlands 3. You have a ton of vending, vending machines. You have a golden key chest. You have all this other stuff in there. All right? Yeah, in, Borderlands in, is taking Diablo and turning in outer, it into a shooter. That's true. In Outer Worlds, you have a workshop where you can repair your equipment, or you can scrap shit, or you can improve shit. And then you just go out. Like, you go out and you do your missions. You pick your team members. You never feel like these people are just temporary or they're just husks. They don't really have personality and stuff like that. You always feel like these people are people you've interacted with. Borderlands 3, you're always on your own unless you're playing co-op. The missions you do are based around getting people coffee for the resistance and shit like that. There's just no impact to any... Like The only reason there's an impact is because a character's going, I really need coffee. Can you get me coffee? In Outer Worlds, the difference is that it's like, I really need to print a bunch of resistance papers so we can spread the word of the resistance. Like, you don't get coffee. You don't need to worry about coffee. There's one thing where you have to get a woman pills because she's she's got a hangover, so she wants caffeine pills. <laughs> and so you go and you, you talk, to the, talk to the vendor, and if you can persuade her, she'll just sell them to you and give you the prescription. <laughs> but if you don't have that level of persuasion, you go to the graveyard and dig up the doctor who's been buried with his, with his pad for writing out prescriptions... And you just go back and you just get the pills. Yeah. Or you just sneak past someone and steal the pills from out back. Or you just... Yeah, they're very different games. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's... There's some saying. Our world is the more shooting, like... But no, now. but like the main crux of the game is you shoot, you fight these monsters. And for some reason, Borderlands, a game that is all about well, guns, all like about Doom. shooting, it's nowhere near as good mm. as the game that is all about dialogue, advancement, and this, these ideas. And the shooting is still better. The the enemy types you fight, you build up these ideas, the ways of dealing with them, and it just everything works so much better. I don't know why Borderlands is stuck in the past and not advancing, and this is using some of that. Some of it's that made for bros, but it's not. Borderlands is Borderlands is a game for bros. It is. It's the lowest common denominator game. It's well, the humor. It's is, an yeah. RPG for. For idiots. Yeah, okay. Well, but The Outer Worlds, it's damn near a perfect game. Yeah. I think there are problems with that dialogue thing I was speaking about earlier. You can accidentally make someone an enemy. You can pick the wrong well, dialogue option if you've not been paying attention. Stop being a snarky game. Or, if you make the, uh, if you if you choose the first, if you're one of those people that just hits A to get free mm. dialogue, you're almost always going to end up pissing someone off. And that's, and, and that's to its detriment, but at the same time, there are other things in here that are incredible, like do you know there's no colorblind mode? Yeah, because they said they designed it because the main they designed guy it so that, was yeah they designed it so it didn't need one. It just yeah. worked for everyone. Yeah, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't think about these things nowadays, but the fact that the designer just went, "Hey, look, you know, we don't need to worry about this. We can we can make it so it works for everyone," and that's kind of what this game's like. It, I got it free because I have Game Pass. Why didn't you pay for Game Pass? I paid for Game Pass. I paid a pound to get. You got it included as part eight of months. Game of, Pass. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I've got it as part of Game Pass, mm. and I like this game so much. I probably will get on the Switch to play it in different, in like more ways. Mm. I can only play it so many times because the thing about having a console and commuting to work and you spend fucking hours getting stuck places, not having anything to do. That's why I spend so much time playing the Switch now. It's just easier. 
if I'm sitting on a train for 40 minutes because it's stuck sitting outside of Woking, that's 40 minutes I could Learn be playing a game. I don't want to fucking drive. Drive People that drive tend to be lazy and they get fat. I don't want to get fat. I've got to get thin. I've got to get sexy. I've got to get out there. I've got to find a new mate. I lay my eggs inside of her. Why would you have a six-pack when you could have a keg? I lay my eggs inside of her. They explode. My babies take over the planet and then... Eat the husk. And eat the husk. Yeah. And I've got to get sexy to do that. It's all about the hips and nips. Mm. You know, but you got no nips. I got no nips now, mm. but I'm going to get some tattoo nips. Yeah, because that's just as good for a man. Snips. Get some faucets <laughs> attached. <laughs> but no, I give this. I, this is this is a Tom Atkins for me. But it, I think for other people, this may be like You're a Helen Mirren podcast. Overly long again. Sorry, for me, this is Jesus. a Tom Atkins. Everything in here is great. It's thoughtful. It's considered. It's well built. Tom it's Atkins well designed. has never heard of this game. This is Tom Atkins. For other people, I think for other people that are less interested in this, and there's, again, it's 30 hours of your life. It's not a super long RPG, but there's enough length there that I think it won't apply for people that like Call of Duty and are looking for another shooty-shooty type game. No one likes Call of Duty anyway. Apparently the new one's quite good. Really? But yeah, so this is, this is definitely one of those games that I don't think it's, it's more cerebral than normal, but it is, it's still short enough that I think that anyone could play it, and it's good. It is so good. So yeah, it's a Tom Atkins. Or if you're not into this, but you are into stuff like Destiny, this is better shooting mechanics than Destiny. Mm. If you're into things like Destiny 2 and all the, you know, you're pissed off with the fact everything's locked behind a wall, it is so refreshing to play for a game, play a game that I don't have a season pass option because it doesn't need it. It's got all the fucking distance, it's got all the time, you can do what you want in there. And you've still got the numbers coming above people's heads, you've got all the cool guns to find. It's just great. Destiny 2's free to play now. Is it? Yeah, they made Is it free it? to play game. Huh. Now you just buy the expansions if you want to go to the um, other areas and stuff. Nice. I can't be honest. I've got it on PC and I played it for about two hours and got bored. The problem with Destiny 2 is the fact that it's the same as Destiny 1 where like you own the game for about three months and then they release a DLC and it stops you doing all the stuff you used to do. And it's just fucking dog shit. Like, it's the worst kind of thing. They should make games again, shouldn't they? Games that you just get the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. What are you looking at now? A chip. Stop looking at chips. I really want a chip. Oh, well... Look how long it is. Look how long that chip is. Well, that's a big chip. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to the chip shop and see what they can make us. <laughs> you're lying and you're playing a game. And it's closed I... on Sunday. So. Oh, God fucking yeah. damn. Actually, game. I don't think it's open on Mondays either, that chip shop. No, it's gluten-free Monday chip shop around the corner near Tesco. Near Tesco? Yeah, the Tesco Express. In That's town. in town. No, don't go to that chip shop. You go to the chip shop in friggin' Edge of Horsell, near Bullbeggar's Lane and all that. That's the good chip shop. Jesus. Wait, the one near the opposite Woking High School? No. It's, around, it's literally around the corner. Go on. It's a good chip shop. Proper good chip shop. Where's it around the corner? Yeah, it's just down near Bullbeggar's Lane and all that. It's not far from where the main road is. You can sort of walk down from the main road and get to it. Oh, I know where you mean. Yeah. That's that's actually near my vets. Yeah, really good chip shop. That's Nami and Shanti's vets. Yeah. That's where they went. They Everyone loved them. That's your slave children, isn't it? That's my slave children. Yeah. Everyone loved Nami and Shanti. Yeah. You love them. I think you pretend you don't because they're ferrets, but... I smell. The amount of joy that, that comes from your heart when they when they look up at you and they're holding to your leg and they're like, hey, what's up? And they're like, I'm going to shred your leg to lettuce. Cause they can't climb me. <laughs> they can't, you're unclimbable. Me? He got up to like my shoulder and he was like looking at me like, what do I do now? And I'm like, I didn't do this. He attacks you with a sword, he aims to the crest. 
Did I tell you about both of them being... Tack. Did I tell you about I pretended to die and they both ran up really excited and put their paws on my forehead and then started looking into my eyes like that? Started eating you. They were getting ready to. Yeah, that's what they should I do. I love them so much. Once you're dead, they consume the host and... <laughs> they'll feast for days. Yeah. I'm in a documentary about me and my breeding cycle. Hmm. It's, called, it's called Species. Species. <laughs> are you imagining yourself as Alfred Molina, are you? <laughs> So you get to bang I'm that Whitaker. I've got a slightly lazy eye, so I'm Forrest Whitaker. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is lazy. He hasn't been doing anything. <laughs> He's not worked a day in his fucking life. No. No, I, I... Do you know how I got that? It's the same way that I... Do you know how I got these scars? It's the same same injury that did that. It's severed something. I had like a massive... For a long time, I had like a massive... Massive bulge. When it healed, the skin there didn't go back up properly. So I got like a weird lazy eye. You kids today. I know, right? Well, I dislocated my knees as well, so I can now touch my hip with my knee. Not my knee, my foot, sorry. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's my party trick. Oh. Get laid. All the guys want to put their penis in my bum bum. Oh, God, I just... Did I just accidentally tell a Ricky Gervais joke? <laughs> Your review. Ricky Gervais's joke is to say, Ooh, I'm rich, you're not. That's his entire thing. You say something like, Ricky Gervais is a twat, and then he'll go... Yeah, but I'm very rich. And then you're like, is that... What? Cunt. Anyway. You really don't like Ricky Gervais then? Twat. Anyway, so friggin' Terminator Dark Fate came out. Did it? Yeah. No. Yeah, I went to see it in an IMAX. Yes, you did. Front row seats. Because you're a big fan of films. Yeah, I always have to go see Terminator in IMAX. You're always a big fan. You went to see Genesis in IMAX. No, I saw Genesis at The View. And Christian made us sit outside and watch Terminator in the car. Really? A friggin', yeah, he had a little video DVD player. Oh my God. Uh, he was like, yeah, let's just watch all the Terminator films. I said, why can't we watch this at home? And he's like, no, no, it's more fun like this. But um, yeah, you also brought the front row seats for the IMAX for it. Anyway, Terminator Dark Fate has been upsetting a whole bunch of little man babies because they don't like that, you know, stuff oh, happening. Oh, here comes the controversy. But they're not going to spoil stuff, but they don't like it because it's got women's and it. there's not many men characters in it and stuff. And it it ruins the law. It's like, films aren't law dumps, you cunts. So here's the thing. Terminator films are all about time travel and changing the future and all this sort of stuff. No fate but what we make it and all this sort of thing. Well, actually... To be fair, right, there could be no fate and Terminators can make their own fate as well. Yeah, they can. They yeah. can, they can they evolve. Can mess up all sorts of stuff. Um, and this one, it, uh, it's kind of always sat a bit weird with me, the whole idea that in you know they, they stopped Skynet in Terminator 2. Yeah. Right, quite conclusively. And then Terminator 3 comes on and goes, nah, Skynet just happened a bit later. And that kind of always bothered me mm. a little bit because, you know, friggin' no. <laughs> they stopped Skynet. Give them an end. This one, there isn't a Skynet, there's Legion. And loads of people have gone, oh, they just replaced one thing with another. But what they've done with Legion is Legion is an AI system. It's an entire, like, AI learning system. And the whole film has constantly got running through it. Elements of, like, ah, oh, surveillance state is looking in on your phone. They know where you are. They can find you all the time. The new Terminator finds people by, like, hacking into drones and stuff like that and watching you know, trying to track them down and use satellites and taking in all this data that we put out there yeah. so can find them. There's a whole thing where it's like, you know, Sarah Connor has a phone inside a crisp bag, doesn't she? To Yeah, she there. keeps it clipped. It, it's the old, um, it's yeah, the old how trick did you from... Find, yeah, but he's like, how did you find me? He said, you should keep your phone inside the crisp bag if you're going to use, you know, in foil bag if you're going to use it. Isn't it the joke from, um, it's not a joke, but isn't it, 
isn't she? She's got it from Enemy of the State. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's what she gets. She Enema of the State. Hooray! How but, did um, you know about the porn film I yeah. starred in? But the film's all about that. That's its main thematic element is that people have said, oh, it's not political in the slightest. Even people trying to defend it saying it's not political. It is political. There is a bunch of political stuff in it and it's good because Wait. films are meant to have that. What's the whole thing, one? there's spoilers for part of the film where they get caught trying to cross the border from Mexico. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, like, sorry, sorry. They're all kept in cages and stuff like that, like you'd expect. And there's a bit, I forget, I thought it was a nice little nod, where she's like, um, tell me where you're keeping the inmates. And she goes, we call them detainees. She just knocks her out. Mm. It's like, no, they're, they're inmates. Like, the future's not going to look nicely upon this. No, <laughs> like, no. It's like, the funny thing is that when they filmed it, I'm assuming that they, they did this on purpose. They got them pretty accurate to what they look like in all the videos and stuff that people released. They got them, yeah, just lined up in... Yeah. They just lined yeah. up in cages, right? Yeah. And Most probably would have been filmed before a lot of that stuff started coming out. Yeah, probably, actually. Yeah. But, um... They but, just probably looked at Japanese internment camps because there's yeah. previous evidence. Well, I was going to say, like, for it. it's just like, it looks just like the camps from things mm. like... Okay, so we're not going to say concentration the thing is, camps. it's like... We're not going to say Happy concentration camps. camps. Uh, we're going to say, do you remember the Great Escape? Mm. They're just like the fucking places from Great Escape. You've got cells for what people they? that are unruly. They weren't concentration camps. Prisoner of war camps. They were they were PO, POWs. Yeah, different yeah. thing. But no, this is there's stuff going on this though, is that like, they're not only going, okay, so all our data that's going around makes it so anyone can find us at any time. Yeah. Which is really bad. When you consider the Terminator used to look for a phone book to find you yeah. back in the 80s, that's all they had. Like he could, he probably could have connected to the internet if he wanted to, but he probably would have just found Matthew Broderick playing Noughts and Crosses with an AI. Um, yeah, Tied War back Games. To my second War review, games. Daybreak. War Games. Daybreak is the film where Matthew Broderick's playing Noughts and Crosses and stuff. Weapon X. with a computer. Was that the one with the monkeys that fly planes? No. What's no. the one with monkeys that fly planes? Project X. That had Matthew yeah. Broderick in it and Elizabeth Shue. So. There's all that stuff, but there's also the whole detention camp stuff saying the things we're doing today are pretty shocking and the future's not going to look kindly on it, which is why a big old AI designed as a counter-terrorism thing will go, these people are terrorising their own people. Let's wipe them out. Yeah. Because they're designed to hit drone strikes on people and take them out, and that's why this thing... Now, the convoluted thing where people mo- you know, say, oh, why would they make Terminators? Like, who cares? You need Terminators for a Terminator movie to happen. Sometimes well, you have to just let this stuff be there. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I probably, like the new Terminator. Probably one of the biggest criticisms that I've heard, and I don't agree with it at all because they have no imagination, but a lot of people have been saying, oh, well... Don't spoil the film. Well, well, no, no. A lot of people have been saying, well, Skynet aren't the dominant AI anymore. Yeah. It's Legion. Yeah. And the reason that that happens, and this is this is this to me seems very simple, so Skynet were what would happen if in 1997 our technology at that time became sentient and then started producing something to, to I think wipe it was up made people. in the 80s. Skynet's a brand name. Yeah, Skynet was a brand. Well, that's but, but so that's so that's Legion's whole... more like it's taking on a position of like no 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 that, religious that, deityism. But like, Legion, there are many. Here's here's how this here's how I see this. So. So you've got technology back then and they thought, what is the what is the craziest thing that they could create to wipe people out? Oh, they've got these stealth units. Well, they, they're just metal skeletons mm. with flesh on them. They go and they kill people. Okay, mm. cool. All right, got it. And they do this because? Because we're awful and they've taken over in the future. Mm. All right, got it. Judgment Day, 1997. That's the day that everything's going to go wrong. They prevent it, but they see that there are people researching this stuff. They haven't created a Terminator yet. They can't do that yet. 
but there is something screwing up the timeline because you've got liquid terminators now. Well, you yeah. didn't have that in the in the eighty four film. You've got liquid terminators now, so they've sent yeah. back this newer model. And it's not like time time has continued moving in the future. The future yeah. exists. So they're obviously as technology changes, as you consider but in technology. In the first that film, time, they mentioned that they were on the verge of defeating Skynet. Yeah. That's why it sent a Terminator back. So the technology is advanced, and they've created liquid terminators, which means that something has changed in the timeline, which must be Carl Reese going back. And creating John Connor by fucking Sarah Connor. Um, and then, mm. and so they've prevented Judgment Day by wiping out the group that would create that technology in its totality and it, you know, would start evolving and produce Skynet. Yeah, some assholes are still gonna make. 20 years Kill later. <laughs> yeah, so 20 years later, the reason that Legion is there is because they've pushed Judgment Day back instead of stopping it. And they've obviously pushed it back to, say, 2021 or 2022. It's coming up It's soon. very close. Yeah. So. You've got to imagine that from this point, from 2019, if we had, if we had like, if we had an AI that was creating stuff, because you've got to remember the computers aren't creative. They wouldn't use terminators and stuff. It would use drones, if anything. Computers aren't creative things. In the 80s, the idea of robots and stuff was like the ultimate war thing because everyone was like, we're going to have robots and shit. But nowadays it's like, no, they're just going to snipe you from space or they're going to drop a drone on your house. Even AI devices now, when when they have programmed AI devices and they go, here, can you paint a picture? It's like, okay, what does it mean to paint? I'm going to create. And it just takes a photo and gives you a photo. It just prints a photo. Hmm. It can't, they don't create. You have to program creativity and that's impossible because creativity is finite. It, It is no, it's infinite. But with a machine, it'd be fine. It'd be defined by the human mind. So you've got to remember that everything that we can do now. So that's what you. I agree with you. Drones, satellites, yeah, things they like still that. have a purpose instead, to infiltrate. Instead, so. we've got like nanites, which we're on the cusp of doing ourselves as a as a society. We've, no, we've worked out how to do nanites and stuff. So they obviously have that design. They just make it smaller, hmm. and then they, you know, and that's the whole thing. Is that it's just because the programs move forward. It's called Legion because we are many. I'm sure that that's yeah, something a connected that, network. I don't things. think that that's what the machines named itself. No. I think that someone's gone. We need to create something that see, matches everything. Up. I like the idea the Red Letter Media said of uh, maybe having John Connor, if, you know, be a tech guy. I liked that. That's idea a as smart well. idea, and then he's created Legion. Yeah. Like, I like that idea. idea I prefer well. that plot twist to John Connor becoming a nanomachine Terminator in Genesis and travelling back in I time. I didn't even mind to kill that, his own mother. It was something different. <sighs> like that's the whole sucks, problem. I have. Genesis sucked. <laughs> the problem I have is that these Terminator films just keep remaking themselves. It's the same yeah, problem. That's what I feel like with this one though. Is that the last one was full of like. It tried to be really plot twisty. Even Salvation tried to be plot twisty. It was like, oh, this guy's really a Terminator. And all this sort of stuff, and he doesn't know he's a Terminator. Yeah. Sam Worthington, wasn't it? Forget yeah. actor Sam Worthington. Well, no, see, I knew Sam Worthington was a Terminator because in the fucking trailer they show him completely stark naked out in the mud. He's got no dick. Every, yeah, if you watched it, if you watched that trailer and you just Terminators had your brightness up, no, they don't. He had no dick. You see T1000's dick and balls in Terminator 2 when he's getting up. They under oh, the new yeah, Blu-rays okay, they yeah, erased that's, it. That's because Robert Patrick's dick and balls have to exist. You can't. Mm. It's like. You know how the sun has to exist for life? No one ever mentioned Arnie not having a dick when he walked up to the guys and they're I like, know, wash day tomorrow, it's nothing clean, right? It's literally in the film and in the trailer. You nothing see him clean, get up and right. he's got no dick. Like, if I was, if I'd just woken up in a lab and I crawled out through the mud and I was like, where am I? I got no dick! <laughs> like, that's kind of an integral part of my body. I well, would recognise if it wasn't there. Oh, well, programmed to programmed not know. not to know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did he have a human brain or was it a robot brain? It was a he robot did, brain yeah. still, wasn't it? Yeah. 
But there was like, the whole I, um, I didn't mind Salvation. Helena Bonham Carter was a floating AI head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Salvation sucks. I can't stand that film. I didn't mind Salvation. There are some parts of that I actually enjoyed. Like I, the vehicle, the weird designs for vehicles and stuff. That was. I liked yeah the weird machine the bike. robot bikes. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. The hunter I liked, killers. I liked the big, the big fucking. Although I kind of like the idea of a future war in Terminator only having like three different robots like they don't need any more yeah just... that's true it's been effective enough to yeah. wipe out to the point I mean why extinction. would you have little motorbike things when you can send one of those hunter killer ta- giant things just to drive over everything yeah. like you don't need to weave in between things if you can crush them in your path mm. um, but no there's there's some stuff in this film though Dark Fate that's the film we were talking about yeah um, the de-aging effects in one scene not to spoil stuff is friggin fantastic did it look really good on your one yeah when I went to go see it it looked like a PS2 cutscene no no it's freaking spot on that uh, CG it was really weird because it did it felt like I was watching so well not PS2 maybe like PS I'm early watching PS4. Genesis again yeah maybe it felt like a weird early PS4 no game, they nailed it, did, it like it looked fantastic yeah, on the IMAX film freaking I mean, I'm I, to the degree where I think they may have actually taken some B-roll shots from Terminator 2 and like I liked Arnie's Hawaiian shirt. Use some of that. You look like a big fat party guy, didn't you? Yeah. It was Hawaiian shirt. But um, now this this some cool stuff that people have moaned about. You see, Carl, Carl's mentioned in the trailers. Um, yeah. where they go find it's a Terminator. Like nearly everything's mentioned. Not spoil wise there, but I I like the idea. Although the only problem with that is is that I assume he didn't deactivate his own AI learning thing because mm. in Terminator 2 it's a yeah, yeah, was that yeah. a deleted scene wasn't it it was a deleted scene yeah it yeah, was only, it was only in the special, yeah, yeah. special edition where he had to have you know the AI really switch that? changed really so he could learn really expensive shot really yeah. expensive special effects to have the thing where the head comes out and he had his face I know they um that's a model the Arnie's a model you never see the front of it there's a fake mirror I thought Sarah oh, yeah, Connor's mirror, twin so sister on the other side oh. yeah Arnie's sitting on the other side and Sarah Connor's that's twin fucking clever thinking his twin sister's there that's like, really clever. she's a twin. No, yeah. people don't know that about Linda Hamilton. She's a twin. Yeah. Um, that's really, really clever. Yeah. It was like a really that. smart, cheaply done... Like, that's a, that's a cheap way of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... I like that noise when we, your friend it, does a thing, breaks the... Yeah. That noise. It like sounds like... Car, it sounds like it when sounds you open like, a car boot. No, it sounds like one of those tanks. You know when you've ever got, like, a cryogenic tank in something? <laughs> and they're going to take something and like, I think what they should have done is, like, when they turned it, it went... Like that, and there's a little button that you can press down. Yeah, for the freshness. <laughs> I liked the. Um, I can't remember what it was. It must have been in one of the Terminator things, but I think it's where he's trying to self heal. And instead of it being so, it's got like a screw in something. Now Genesis turns. has him self healing, doesn't Does it? it? It turns, and basically, instead of it being something that you have to screw because it's completely flat, it, you turn it, and then it starts unscrewing itself, and then you remove it. No, yeah, that's yeah. really weird. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff spoiled in the trailers, and we've both seen this at this point. Spoilers: I have also seen it. I wasn't going to do a bit. I was thinking about doing a bit. I'm not now. Uh, but there's so much spoiled in the trailers. Like, one of my favourite sequences mm. is the detention centre. Mm. And it's the fact that... Um, I don't think any of that was in the trailers, though. Yeah, it was. The spikes coming out of this Oh, yeah, that bit, stuff, yeah. yeah. But not, like, them getting captured. Like, you could have thought that would be... Oh, yeah, trailer, not them getting like... captured. I'm not going to talk about the sequence up until that. But, um, but he is very charming I like him yeah because that's the thing that's different about him as a Terminator is that he can actually pretend to be human but Robert Patrick could do that Robert Patrick doesn't feel like a human he no, still no, talks robotic because he still doesn't blink and stuff but friggin the Rev 9 jokes feels, yeah and that friggin that actor guy friggin what's his name Gabriel Luna yeah um, he's friggin he's great he was a fantastic friggin ghost rider he was really good as in Agents you need Shield. to watch he's in he's in Balls Out which is a really good comedy is film he gets his balls out no he plays oh. an intramural football player I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before but it's like my go to happy movie if I'm in a yeah. shit mood um, he plays this intramural football player and he basically um, he's 
after the team's disbanded, he's just sort of drifting. You see him three years later. And the game he plays is he sees his mate and he's like, it's like, oh, you know, I just play catch. And it's like, oh, so you're playing catch with, with who? And he's like looking around for a second player and he's like, oh, no, I just play catch by myself. I'm like, basically, I, I throw the ball at people and then I try and get them to throw it back to me. And then I just go for other people. And obviously, unsuspecting people just going about their day don't want to have a ball launched at them. And he's like, oh, come on, I'll, I'll share it. And he's like, well, you want to play catch? He's like, yeah, I'll sh- we'll go play catch. And so there's this guy sitting on a bench reading a book. And in the background, there's someone walking along with a coffee. <laughs> he throws the ball and it hits the guy with this hot cup of coffee. goes all over him. And he goes, he goes no, I was talking about let's, let's go play catch somewhere like we used to. And he goes, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And then it cuts back to the guy covered in scalding hot coffee, like screaming and looking around for help. And you just hear... That's your feel-good movie. Yeah, you, just hear in the back, you just hear in the background, he goes, hey, little help ball. <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> still yeah. expecting the guy to watch it. <laughs> It's so good. He is really good in that film. I recommend you watch that because you probably really like that. It's yeah, so he doesn't fucking weird. kill anyone. He does by no. accident. I like it when yeah. he kills people. There's a there's a scene in which someone goes up next to one of his teammates and grabs him from behind with a shiv and just starts stabbing him in the side because I hope you like AIDS and then <laughs> disappears and then he, as the guy's holding his gut drifting drifting down to the floor he's like who likes AIDS <laughs> like that <laughs> it's amazing um, but yeah. Uh, but Dark Fate, that scene in the detention centre where he's where he goes, Oh, you gotta relinquish a weapon and he puts it down. My whole body's a weapon. And he goes, My whole body's a weapon, bud. And he walks through the walks I love when he gets through the service. And it, it goes off, the metal detector goes off, and he just he turns and goes, Got a metal hip, two wars, two wars in two tours in Vietnam, and the guy's just like, Thanks for your two service. Two tours in Iraq. In Iraq, sorry. And then he goes, it's not thank that you, old. Sorry, yeah. He goes, Thank you for your service. And he's like, he's like Yeah. Yeah. You can tell Tim Miller's a British director because, you know, friggin' he knows Americans would fall for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, some of it's really astonishing, like, the bit where he, because one of the things that I really like about the script is that people are on point. If someone asks something, or if someone's just slightly off, hmm. they get it. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I like the scene where he first appears, and he gets his clothes, his clothes appear, he looks at the washing line, and then he just, because he's nanites. Yeah. He makes the clothes, and the woman's just like, the fuck? And he's just <laughs> like, man, <"Ma'am." laughs> walks off. I like that. I like the little details when they're teleporting the in as well. The, like, um, the ice forming on stuff when yeah. the electricity because it would ionise the atmosphere and create ice. Yeah. Um, and like none of them teleport into a good location. No, they're both high up. Yeah. And I always thought about this actually. I guess the impression that they were teleported from some building. I, I imagine they get teleported to the same location they left from. No, it's like it, so. I've been reading some of the Terminator comics because mm. I wanted to find out about like because they've got some in between stuff that's written and approved by James Cameron and people like that. Mm. Um, and one of the, one of the comics is, so you know how Sarah Connor, like John Connor is like the future resistance leader back in the old Terminator continuity. Mm-hmm. There's a comic, um, where there is another woman who is going to give birth to another person who is going to be integral to the resistance. And the idea is that they've tactically picked a bunch of people in 1984 to take out. And they chose to try and take out this woman, but they, she is a cop who is like, been working for 24 hours straight so they picked like the perfect time for her to be exhausted not ready to do this mm. and she as soon as this this all kicks off she's basically just like fuck I need to survive she keeps trying to run away and it's a bit more um, a bit more visceral than Sarah Connor's one because she doesn't have anyone to guide her so she doesn't have yeah. like John like she doesn't have Carl Reese to say hey go here hide this do this instead she's just fucking running and she eventually gets to the point where she's so desperate, dressed to like, she's fully wearing like a uniform still. She just doesn't change, doesn't have time to do anything. And she goes to like this known drug dealer 
And, like, he basically owns this, like, run-down, derelict, like, New York-style fucking flat block that's just full of crackheads and shit like that. And she says, I've got information. I will do something for you if you... And he's like, he's like, you know, I recently got arrested. You have evidence. If that evidence goes missing, then I'll help you now. And she goes, fine, fuck it. I'll be a crooked cop. This thing's chasing me. It's not human. You need to... And he basically just helps her try and take down this Terminator. And it's fucking incredible. I imagine that if ever they were going to make a film based in the 1984 Terminator continuity, that is the film they should make. No, they did do that. They they built a time travel device in this. What's great is, like, they, they pick a different type of Terminator. He looks like her boyfriend... But massive and bulky and like well put together, and that's kind of the thing they make the they make it they make it slightly um, insinuated that they design the Terminators and the way they look based on what that person would be receptive to because they're mm. meant to be stealth models. Yeah. So he looks like this, like he looks like a little bulky because the Terminator skeletons yeah, aren't the yeah, same he's, size he's as human skeletons. Stuff, so yeah, but they have to he, make bulky looking guys. He looks like a handsome, like mm. well put together version of a boyfriend. That's really like yeah. interesting. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so so the whole scene where he like gets into the detention centre and the the whole thing like, do you know where Daniela is? And it's like Dinah. all her friends call her Danny. Yeah. And he's like just like immediately there just flips like a switch. And it's great. Yeah. It's incredible. I like the I like the ending where he's just like, just give her to me. Yeah, he's like, trying to bargain with him. Just give her to me. And he's yeah. like he's not moving forward when he's saying that. He's sitting there like calculating in his head, he's like Give her to me. Yeah, that's the thing, because he's got like, because he's built from an AI program. He's got millions of people's yeah data, social media. And, yeah, you've got conversations on the phone. Like yeah, it's all in there. So the he knows how to manipulate thing. and mess with people yeah. and stuff like that. It's like that's the thing. It's it's a smarter way of doing the Terminator than just having a mindless killing machine. You can do a mindless killing machine. You can do something like because you can have things where mindless creatures just following someone. Like it follows. Like freaking, yeah. you can do that. It's fine. Um, but you know you have to do something a bit different with Terminator films and I'm surprised they haven't done I like the idea of him splitting in two and when he's the liquid one he's weaker than yeah. the skeletal one but the skeletal one's basically indestructible no see it I takes a ridiculous I amount to destroy I kept thinking it. that was going to be how they killed him I thought they had to separate out the two because they'd mm. be weaker apart yeah well so they do like though, the, but no, they're no, always no. like slicing through him like she's yeah. When to, when Grace is fighting with the chain, she's like slicing yeah. through parts of him and stuff. But the other Terminator like gets hit with a rocket launcher, and that doesn't stop it. That would stop another. It Terminator. does get damaged. Like it keeps continuously getting damaged. I wish there was just more. There's of, no like, doubt. It's nothing. Nothing. Literally, no marks or anything. It's well, when like, he's oh yeah, towards the end when he's launched up, that's mm. when he sort of like takes time to get back up, and he's mm. like a bit. But yeah, I was I was really I love the little things where like the Terminator walks into the back of him and stuff. And just like, yeah, <laughs> like it forms back together. Yeah. I really I really enjoyed this. I. You know, there's I stuff think that, the airplane sequence was a bit too much. Yeah, there's some stuff where there's definitely a feeling like the producers said, "Oh, you got to have Arnold Schwarzenegger." Got to have, they, I mean, I imagine they wanted to get Linda Hamilton back for authenticity. Yeah, um, and it does feel like a send off for Arnie as the Terminator. I think they should not use him anymore if they're going to do it. Maybe a reference here and there, but I think it's time to not have him be a stalker or a protector in these films. I but really... the airplane bit felt like one of the producers really wanted to have an airplane action sequence because he saw Mission Impossible did it in mm. two films. So he wanted to have one because it's, yeah. Um, I was, I really, like, I kept thinking before this was released. like a bit because, of action fatigue towards the end because of it. Yeah, it was really, really relentless. Yeah. Um, one of the things I kept thinking, and I just, I, because, again, I've been reading all these Terminator comics trying to, because I I wanted to I wanted to see what other stories have been generated out of this because it's mm. often like you get weird creative stuff like the recent Aliens Rescue comic that just finished really really interesting it's not based on any of the stories it's like an extension of Alien Isolation oddly enough 
being comic form. Mm. Um, and I was hoping to get like, because the Terminator, it's shown that they have the ability to connect to the internet. They have the ability to connect to different forms. Yeah, the TX and, used a modem speak. Yeah, and they never, they've never used that for anything TX, interesting. T one thousand, five thousand. They've never used that for anything interesting because you know how like, so the Terminator comes back nineteen eighty four and it just keeps going until its mission's complete. And then once its mission's complete, it just wanders around, right? Mm. Like, once it started wandering around, it's learning and it's engaging. Why doesn't it send that data back to the future? Why isn't that stored somewhere as he connects? Mm. And then when he when he comes back in the future, he's a more... Because it's, it's going to keep happening. He's a yeah. more well-prepared one. Like, he can do it quicker or he can do it in a way... Or maybe he decides, like... Why haven't they done something like the Bloodshot movie kind of looks like it's trying to do, but without the memory manipulation stuff? No, Bloodshot's like a strange one. Yeah. Instead, like, it keeps returning to that point. It keeps going on that journey. In Bloodshot, it's like they, they basically wipe his memory every time and, and create this backstory for him yeah. and change the face of the murderer. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. So why Bloodshot they... comic's quite cool. It is. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they aren't just sending him back and every time he's got a little bit quicker, he's got a little bit better and like, it's just it, these little weird things and then finally like it gets to the point where he's about to kill someone and he's just remembering all the times he's killed them and it just he sees that the future won't change so he starts looking for alternative plans and then like he maybe comes back to 1984 after like the 400th time and he he knows I'm going to reroute these stocks in this person's name and own this company and start Skynet 10 years early you know, you could do shit like that. That's an interesting way to take this. But they never really thought outside the box. They always just wanted to do the relentless shit. I would go existential and have a film where all the timelines are collapsing in on each other. <laughs> and you have freaking Sarah Connor Chronicles yeah. turning up. You have freaking yeah. get What's-His-Face out of rehab. Not Edward Furlong, the other one. Um, Jai Courtney. No, not Jai Courtney. <laughs> he's not in rehab. Freaking uh, Nick Stahl, is that his name? Oh, God, he's yeah. not in rehab. He went missing. Yeah, he went missing, but he also went into rehab. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just have the timelines collapsing in on each other and it's having all, because all these... Of because they've done too much and it's messing everything up. Yeah. And then it ends with the extinction of the entire human race. Um. Yeah, anyway, Dark Fate. I only terminate a sequel I've seen that I want to watch again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's solid. I think that it's not perfect, but, I mean, the original concept was and then the sequel mm. was. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be a continuation of that. So really, really enjoyed the character of Grace. I, I do thought think, she was um, incredible. I think I've noticed that the Venn diagram of people who hate this and The Last Jedi is a circle. Yeah. The same ones who care more about lore and stat sheets than they do stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked, I liked yeah, The Grace Last Jedi. Cool. I think that there was... There's a lot of stuff that could be trimmed from Last Jedi, but that's what happens when you give a director, you, like you say, lightsabers, make a film. And they're like, okay. Ryan Johnson knows his shit. He's yeah. a good filmmaker. He's a great filmmaker. I mean, visually, he should be making Dune. Who is making Dune? Is he? Someone is. Someone's doing it. It's someone else. It's not him. It's probably Taika Waititi. Probably. <laughs> no, he's doing but Akira, isn't he? He should, he should be directing Dune. Yeah. Like, I thought that when I saw that... I keep going on about this because I don't think people respect how great the sequence is on the planet of salt. Yeah. Like that whole design, the way it works. I mean, I'm a bit pissed off about the Ray can suddenly lift every rock in the world. That kind of was like, ugh. but that's just functional. That's something that needed to happen for the plot to move forward. <laughs> so I don't have a problem with functional plot devices, but the, just the image of that fucking skeeter going across the, mm. like the salt shaking and tearing apart and there's red underneath. The Ice Foxes. It's all a trail of blood, man. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Dark but, um, Fate. But yeah, Dark Fate. It's like, it's solid. I would say it's the Matthew McConaughey of this series. Yeah, and it's not going to do very well. 
and it'll make no money. I think it's already done well. Hasn't no, no, it? it's done terrible. Has it? Yeah, it's only done like thirty million when it's opening weekend in America. Isn't it R-rated though? Yeah, but it's still that's pretty dismal. No, it's not. That's less than say, let's have a look. all the other Terminator films have ever. Well, okay, not the first and second because back then didn't make that sort of money. The first one especially didn't make that sort of money. Uh, oh. So it opened with an estimated $29 million at the domestic box office. That's yeah. not that bad. That's pretty low. That's below the $30 million plus the industry projected. Yeah, but it's only buying, mm. buying milk. But no, it's um, it's good fun. I like it. And Grace is cool. I like her. She's, they've got plenty of character going on. There's plenty of... There's just enough scenes of them conversing and exploring their characters. Yeah. To tie together, which Genesis didn't have any any of that. No, Genesis, Genesis was just was bad. Just there. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, say goodbye because you've made this two hours twenty minutes long now. Sorry. Uh, fuck. Bye, it's everyone. all your fault. I've really enjoyed it's not me to you. making it, dragging it out. Oh god, it's quarter to midnight. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. As always, you can find Ant at Mellow Gaming on YouTube. You can oh. also find him on Twitter as LV fifty four Space Monkey. You can find myself. On Twitter as Crit Apocalypse or at Crit Apocalypse, and you can find me on YouTube no, um, on Crit Apocalypse. Uh, but uh, but yeah, as always, look after yourself. See you in two weeks. Um, trunk fucks. No, just don't. Adults <clears throat> against their will. He's a sexual assaulter. It wasn't about kids this time. <sighs> Goodbye. Bye. Oh god, the incels are going to be angry. He's damned Trump and enjoyed Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, no. We're going to get death threats. Yay. Woo!